This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jarrett Duncan. Or Dave Alog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week we're taking notes to begin our own porno enterprise and let me tell you, pornographing ain't easy. As we watch Spine 207 in the Criterion Collection, Shohai Imamaru's The Pornographers from 1966. Mm. But first, mm. you know, RJ, we often mm. talk about how cold it sometimes is. Sometimes we talk about the weather, and uh, I don't know if people, like, care, give a shit. But right now, in particular, it's particularly cold. Uh, I believe, like, Creepsville, Canada, Earth, is really living up to its reputation as being uh, inhospitable uh, of uh, mm. cold, slippery, just constant uh, vehicles smashing into one another because they do not know how to drive safely when the conditions mm. uh, demand it. And how I don't know, I, I, old I, is I, it? Let me tell you. Let me get my, uh, my uh, Inuit joke book out. Ooh. Hey, did you I, see I, any I think, I, think, I think it still says Eskimo on the cover, but wow, wow! Uh, did you see any wrecks today? Because I saw two. I did not see any, but I saw the traffic or heard of the traffic that was like for hours, for like oh, yeah? like all morning, and it was like another one, and then there was another one, and as soon as you thought, oh, they cleaned it up, there was another one. Mm-hmm. Well, fuck, uh, there was like. I saw, I think I saw two vehicles just broken down. Yep. Just frozen. And then uh, there was one at the university when I was dropping Andrea off. You know where, like, you know the road you get down to go to the library bus loop? Just like all our listeners do, yes, of course. Yeah, well, of course. They all know Creepsville. Someone drove into the pedestrian crosswalk, like, where the thing is to press the button. Oh. A car drove into it, and it was, like, wrapped around it. Into the post. Into the post, wow. yes. Wow. So, I mean, that was a... Uh, I was like, oh, shit, somebody in trouble. And I don't know if you know this, Jared, but not too far north of us, just a couple hours in Edmonton, uh, apparently it's going to be the coldest place on Earth this yeah, week. The Big Mo. It's pretty interesting, right? Isn't that where they filmed that movie Capes? It is. That, that hit, what is that, Spine 2000? Uh, wait, there's something else that was Spine 2000 last week. Um, Something better, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's a little cold here. I heard tonight it's going to get like pretty close to that minus 40. Oh. You know what I've pretty. discovered the magic of? What? Remote starter. Did you get one installed? No, no, no. Uh, it was always there. Oh. oh, you just never used it? Well, it was broken. So you got it fixed? Yeah. Okay. This and, was and, a, it's, it's, a it's, complex it's, story here, Jer. It's magical. Okay. Yeah, I I like mine too. Mine's pretty good. No. Does yours turn off at any point? Like after, after a while? ten minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. But it takes nice. the uh, takes the edge off. What, which it's edge? A, it's all the, it's kind of like the one that alcohol also takes off. Very similar. Ooh, I like that edge. It, it warms you. Where does it warm you? Just in the the cuckles. In the what? So your week's been good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty good. I uh, It's been real cold, and I'm not going to lie to you. It's it's that kind of cold where it's like, I don't really want to leave the house right now. I mean, I never do. Jeff, how's uh, working outside coming along? Holy fuck, dude. I feel like... Uh, Perfect timing. What, what I, I know. Uh, I'm lucky because I don't have to be outside all day, 
but even just being outside for like like 20 minutes like it's it's one of those feelings you're just like i think i've said this before but you have those come to god moments you're like what am i doing what does this all mean you just lie down fall asleep let just, let nature take its course and uh, uh be done with it all i know like i don't know that's how it feels to me sometimes but yeah it's not um i don't have to be out all day but the the short time that i am outside it's just like holy shit baby 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 yeah, I mean, that's good. I don't think I have any interesting stories unless anyone wants to hear about toilet things. Oh, I know friend of the show, Oliver Granger, expressed concern uh, about off the, air. the plunging situation. Uh, yeah, and I feel like I'm getting an, I feel like I'm getting a uh, unruly, uh, undeserved amount of attention oh, it's, for that. It's, it's because, deserved. Yeah, I know. But so I think I figured it out because my house, it's like it's not that old. It's only like 11 years old. And when it was built, it's got all those eco friendly stuff. So like that's it's, like remember, it's, I was, it's not ready for the, the bay log. It can't handle a grown man's movement pack parcel, you know, yeah, yeah. movements. Well, no, I think that's what it is, because I think they're like low flush toilets, because sometimes you like click it. <laughs> even with like just water in there Ugh. and it'll only like half go down. So we just need to go back to like digging holes in the backyard and just covering it. <laughs> hey man, it's good, there... it's, good, it's good enough for the, the dogs and the cats. Why not us? There's honestly Who, some days where, what do we need? Like with like aqueducts and indoor plumbing, just abandon it all. I we'll go, would. The problem is, is when it's cold like this, there's no digging into the ground. So that's just, why you have a flea dug. Well, yeah. But I don't think that would last you very long, my friend. Ah, uh, well, I mean, I, if you double up each hole, you might be okay. Yeah. So, like, I told Andrea, when we get a house, like, our next place, my one requirement is that I want a backyard with a high enough fence that I can just take a piss in, in the back. Um, because I miss that. My old house had this really nice backyard, and I can just go outside for a little pee, a little pee-pee, a little pee-pee-pee. And uh, I miss being able to do that. What, how how do you feel about going into the bathroom outside? Well, I don't know. We'll see if these uh, your emails address the issue. Okay, but how are you otherwise, though? It's, just, it's not uh, something that crosses my mind. No, I I, I mean uh, not uh, <laughs> not bathroom. Oh, about p- pissing are, are in the yard. Well? No, yeah. yeah. Forget all that. Are you doing well? I'm lovely. Be- okay. I'm beautiful. Thank you for asking. Nice to hear. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Email. Ooh, it's, female? Uh, it's a little little light, folks. Light again. Uh, mailbag is light? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe people are still listening to last week's episode and the week, week before's episode. They were, uh, they were big boys, those episodes. All that, they all, that, all that talk about best ofs, best of decades, uh, best of years. Oh, so much, be... so much content. We did, get a, we did get a we did get a a YouTube comment from somebody on our Pepe Lamoco episode said that they that thanks for this I'm writing a paper on this movie in class wow and, and I was like oh no don't don't do that don't don't listen to us <laughs> I, I I do you think he'll use the tagline that we used the Pepe Lamoco Pepe la shit uh, maybe I if he does. He, I mean, that's assuming a if lot. If he, she, or they decide to use that, they might get an A+. Maybe. 
So what else is going on over there? Uh, so no emails. Everyone's abandoned us. Well, and, uh, yeah, I got a couple emails. Got a couple emails. Okay. Let's well, see. At least we got a couple. Yeah. First up, I just want to give a show to uh, Holly Dak with their uh, comment on Pepe Lamoco. Nice. Uh, maybe they're listening oh, to. And uh, oh. th- this one, I believe, is directed to you uh, on our Hackson episode Uh-oh. from Hector Sanchez. Perhaps, Uh-oh. Per- I don't know. Uh, that's not Moonlight Sonata in Interview with the Vampire. It's another piece of Hayden. And and I would like to add, you fucking idiot. I'm sure that's what they were thinking, but they didn't say that. That's nice. Well, that's a change of pace for YouTube. That that is a change of pace. Um, people are offering constructive criticism. I had no idea it wasn't Moonlight Sonata in Interview with a Vampire. Perhaps I should rewatch that movie. What do you think? You should. You can do that. I own it yeah. on DVD. And that that's an RJ pick as well. That I hell watched. yeah it is. And Love it was that movie. Uh, Real underwhelming. <laughs> Is it, aren't they all, Jarrett? Aren't they all? Justin Peterson, email here. It's go the be, head, header. Is okay. it Thursday around 1 a.m. Eastern time yet? What does that mean? Hey, Jared and RJ, what's happening? I took a little time this week to calculate just how much time you creeps have spent podcasting, oh. which came out to roughly 16 days. Oh, my God. And that breaks down, and that that's not even an accurate picture, I'll say. And that breaks yeah. down into 388 hours or mm-hmm. 23,293 minutes or 1.3, you know, almost 1.4 million seconds. And I think that does not even take into account, yes, the countless hours you guys have spent watching all these movies and posting the show. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, the uh, the the X factor of the time to watch these movies. But more often than not, I think our episodes are longer than uh, some of the movies that we've watched. So you could probably just double that. And so yeah, we mm-hmm. we have spent RJ. I, I I would guess easily. And this is probably I don't know if that includes Google schools. I'm assuming uh, Justin took that into account. That's a month, a whole month of our life has been. Creeps. Is there any way I can get that back? None. It's gone. How does well, that make you feel? Well, so the other thing, too, that you highlighted, it's not just let alone the time we've watched on top of it, but also, and consider this, Jarrett, what about all of the times that we don't put out for people to listen to the other parts of the show? And, you know, those few rare times that we've re-recorded episodes as they were lost to Bagul. Well, you know what, though? There hasn't been that many of those. I think one. There's a couple. It's been one. Right? It, that, that was, a couple. That, It'll that, make that, us sound better. That was the hell day. Hell day? Yeah. The, yeah. Hell, hell night. Hell night. Starring Linda Blair. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. I regret it. So now that I've listened to all your episodes, some more than once, this week oh. I decided to venture out and desperately attempt to find another Criterion podcast Ooh, to fill mm. the void while waiting for your next episode. And wow, oh, what a waste of time that turned out to be. <laughs> Don't worry, I will not name the podcast. Ah, oh, do it, do it. Publicly shame them. Yeah, <laughs> as we have been publicly shamed by many, many yeah. people. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I, that's not that's not good. Because you know what happens is somebody at somebody, and suddenly you've got like a a Twitter beef on your hand, and it's just no, mm-hmm. no, it's not worth it. Not worth it. Well, should know. I not we have been calling people out? We know we're the best in the game. Yeah, clearly. clearly clearly okay so 
Uh, Justin continues, I started with their episode on Chasing Amy, and while they shared a similar opinion as you guys on the movie, after a while they just became unbearable to listen to, and then I felt the same way about a movie I actually agreed with them, what was great. So long story short, you guys are the best, and it is so impressive how consistent you have been in making the best Criterion podcast in the galaxy. Ooh, pretty hot praise. Yeah. I don't know if it's deserved on your end, but uh, pretty hot praise. You know what I mean? Just one movie question this oh. week. Oh, of all the weeks where we only have so few emails. With mm. all the buzz around 2019 being such a great year for movies, let's think back to another great year for movies 20 years ago. What is your GOAT movie of 1999? For me, American Pie hits a sweet spot and Eyes Wide Shut is great. But I would have to go with one of the early art films that truly blew my mind with being John Malkovich. Vich. Thanks for the time, guys, and have a great show. Well, thank you, Justin. And well, thanks, uh, Justin. I, I hope to have the episode up and up there for Thursday around 1 a.m. Eastern time. Oh, I see what you're saying. See? Yeah. Uh, yeah it's... See, as, as the man who edits these, you would mm. definitely know that, of course. I, I mean, well, it's hard to even keep track of all the – that's another thing. People haven't considered all the time I spend oh. editing and putting into this thing outside of that. My cat wants to go on this thing here. Okay. Go on in. Go on. So wait, okay. Uh, nice to hear from Justin. What was the – 99. Best movie of 1999. 99? Okay. Yep. Do you have one offhand? Nope, not yet, but I'm going to have it. Okay, let me get here. Let's go to the internet. We should get the Beast Wars uh, trans- Beast transforming. Wars. Or the Beast Wars theme song. Yeah, Beast Wars is Be- Or Beasties. Okay. Okay, I got so, some up here. I know yours cat. is the Sixth Sense. Right. <laughs> nah, nah. Being John Malkovich is pretty immaculate. I think that I movie. Mm-hmm. I I really, really do like that movie when I rewatched it. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I don't know. You know. Jeez, there's some good comedy. You got Office Space. That was that's good. South Park. The movie is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Galaxy. It's been a while though. Uh, Gal- Gal- Galaxy Quest. Is that ninety nine too? Mm-hmm. Stuart Little, written by M Night Mi- Shyamalan. Mystery Men. Bowfinger. Payback. Analyze this. Inspector Gadget, The Bone Collector, Ninth Gate, End of Days, The Haunting, Stir of Echoes, Idle Oof. Hands, Entrapment, Oof. Oof. Son of Sam, Thirteenth Warrior, Oof. The Hurricane with Dan Hedaya, <laughs> Blast from the Past, Titus, Sweet and Low Down, Buena Vista Social Club. Uh, I definitely did not watch My Best Fiend at that point. Dick, mm-hmm. good old Dick, mm-hmm. Detroit Rock City. Blue Streak, Varsity Blues, an RJ classic. Ooh, baby. Uh, Good shows. Closer to the top of uh, the popularity pile, we have The Green Mile, Iron mm-hmm. Giant, Toy Story 2, which I didn't watch till like 10 years after that. Episode mm-hmm. 1, Phantom Ooh, Menace. Baby. The The Matrix. I think <gasps> some people have seen that. Girl mm-hmm. Interrupted. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Audition. <laughs> what about what, You Forgot Deep Blue Sea? Because... Uh, where is my, there's Deep Blue Sea. Ratcatcher 2. Wild well, Wild uh, West. Well, American movie, which is, of course, you know. Probably the best. And, Blair, you know, this movie called Blair Witch Project that I've probably Straight talked about. Straight Story? What about Dogma, your favorite director? I'm on the next page here. Ooh, Mr. Death. Rise and Fall of Fred Lucier. Good stuff. Ooh. It's a Errol Morris documentary. Beyond the mm-hmm. Mat. 
Ooh, I know you like that one. What about Idle Hands? Mickey, That's a. I know you said that, but Mickey Blue Eyes. Ooh, the astro- like... the astronaut's wife, Jesus' Ooh. son. Ooh. Ooh. Whose son? Jesus's. Did he have any? Mod Squad. Remember. Oh. Play, Deuce it, play it to the bone, which I de- I definitely saw in theater. Hey, you've seen Deuce Bigelow, right? Nope. Okay, so there's this scene in Deuce Bigelow, and uh, I was thinking of it the other day, and I don't really know why, but I'm pretty sure it's Amy Poehler, and she has Tourette's syndrome, and uh, he takes her to a baseball game to fit in, and uh, the camera zooms in on her, and she goes, ball, ball hair. And uh, I don't know why, but I, I was saying that all day on Sunday. I was just walking around the house. Oh. Ball. Ball hair. What's this other row? Three Kings. Do you like that oh, Three just, Kings? I'm going to skip right over that. I don't know if I've ever seen Three Kings. But the Kloon and uh, Spike Jones is a supporting character. I like My Favorite Martian with uh, Christopher Lloyd. Never saw it. Never saw it's it. A, it's big, a good show, Jerry. Big, big Daddy, Dogma. Oh, what about Wishmaster? Uh, Two, Wish... Evil Never Dies. Uh, it's a prison movie. I guess uh, where is it? I don't even see it on my list here. I'm looking at things I've watched from the year. Johnny Tsunami. Oh, you got to go to the master list, my man. Mm. See, I'm 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 getting so, deep in here. And there was this movie called Fight Club. Yeah, Payback. I, I mean. I'd probably go with being John Malkovich or Blair Witch Project. How about you? Who, me? Uh, those are both Big really Boy. good picks. Well, how about so, Big Boy? I won't I won't say either of those because I, I don't want to like – I don't want people to say that we're like copying each other. Steal my ideas. Stealing your ideas. Uh, I'll go off grid here and probably say any given Sunday. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's hard to pick. Like Payback is really good. Big Daddy. Ooh, yeah, that movie is sick. Uh, hmm. Austin Powers. I mean, out of all the movies in 99 that I've watched, I bet I've seen Austin Powers 2 the most out of any of them. What does that tell you? A spy shagged me? Yeah. Do you want your baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back? Ribs. Ribs. High quality. Uh, fuck. Man on the Moon? Hmm. I would say, like, an honest answer probably being John Malkovich. But you know what? I'm going to say The Matrix. How's that sound, Jer? Sounds fine. Yeah, let's go with The Matrix. Because you know what? I think it's people don't give that movie as much credit as it's maybe deserved of. Okay, okay. Or maybe too much. Who knows? All right. Next mm-hmm. up, Colin mm-hmm. Richards. First time, long time. Hey there, creeps. <laughs> Just checking in with a couple of questions. I saw Big was on TV, and it reminded me of a childhood memory of my mom standing in front of the TV to fast-forward through the sex scene. I was probably <clears throat> 9 or 10 at this time. Did your parents ever do anything similar with you guys? Yes. Yes, they did. Uh, Yeah, sometimes. But even more awkward, Jared, was sometimes... uh, They'd make you watch it? It would just play out, and they'd be like... Eh. He's like, whatever, you just whatever, and then you'd have to watch it with them there, and you'd be like, oh, hmm. yeah. did that ever happen to you? Uh, no. They'd be like, don't look. <laughs> that was like the la- <laughs> that was like the laziest point. And you're like, what, 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 what am I supposed look. to not look at? You don't look, don't look, <laughs> and then you'd look. You you'd you like put your face in a pillow, and then mm-hmm. you try to like look, and they're don't look, and we'll tell you when you can look. 
That's like that was it. I don't know if they Did ever, ever like. Peak? I don't think they ever stood up and like got in front of the TV and were like screaming, "No, no!" I wish they were They're talking about dirty pillows. Dirty what now? <laughs> I did a rewatch of The Great Escape, Colin continues, which <gasps> is great minus the last 30 minutes, which dragged on a bit for me, for mm-hmm. week two of Jackson's Challenge. And it made me wonder, what are some of your favorite Prison Break movies? I know Jared is a big fan of prison movies. Mm. I've seen some of the classics like A Man Escaped and Escape from Alcatraz, but I'm always looking for suggestions. First time, long time, Colin Richards. Well, it's nice to hear from him, a new fan, first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. Prison Break movies, hey? I gotta hit my prison list. Where I I do. I also like Escape from Alcatraz. Well, first of all, pretty, if, pretty if people haven't watched it already, the television show Prison Break, <gasps> some good shit. It is. See, I think people would be surprised. Like, I know it's come up before, but uh, surprised that you like it. Yeah. As you are a bad dude, but uh, it is a good show, I'm isn't a, it? I'm a bad man. What about intellectual prison breaks? <laughs> it's not about that. It's about pulse pounding excitement. Mm. Pounding. Yeah. Uh, I gotta like. Okay, I'm booking up prison. Okay, because a lot of them, a lot of the times they do involve breaking out. So best breaking out. I mean, brawl from brawl in cell block ninety nine is about essentially breaking into prison. Mm-hmm. It turns it on its ear. Uh, I agree with you. I got to pick. What about Paddington two? Is that got Which, some prison breaks? It does have a prison Ooh. break in it. You know, it's some good stuff. Uh, hmm. Runaway Train from 1985. Is that the song from uh, Bruce Springsteen? Runaway Train? Isn't that a Bruce Springsteen song? You know the boss? I don't know. If Run it, away there's train. There's Runaway Bruce. Train never coming back. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's Downbound Train. Yeah. I was like, that's not it. But he says "runaway train" in it, doesn't he? Probably, maybe, probably at some point it comes up. Uh-huh. But uh, the the female scorpion movies, female prisoner seven hundred one scorpion. Uh, the first two of those are pretty good times. Hmm. Absolutely worth watching. I don't think the prison break part comes till the second part, but watch those. Those are pretty great. Uh, the second one's Jailhouse Forty One. What's that movie about? Uh prison. Oh shit! Yeah, not too bad. Uh, Fortress, starring uh, Christopher Lambert. <laughs> Ooh, it's not bad. It's about a it's about, it's a futuristic prison. It's got some sweet gore. It's not bad at all. Jared, what about the Shawshank Redemption? Uh, uh, I guess I guess that fits. It's too classy though. It's a little too classy. What about it's Alien too, Three? Too Alien beloved. Cubed. Are they really trying to break out of prison? Or are they just trying to survive the prison planet? What's the difference? Well, you know. Ooh, got him. Let's see. Let's see here. Any other prison? Ah, that's a good start. I mean. What about Cool Hand Luke? I guess. I mean, it's so airy, though. In what sense? I mean, it's not like real prison. Not really. Yeah. They got boiled eggs. Yeah, exactly. Beans. Beans and rice, which is like, when I heard that in the movie, I'm like, that's what I eat every day. Am I in mm. prison? And then I looked around at my concrete bunker of an office <laughs> and went, oh. And what did you find? You are? I, well, I know I, you I, I just, I, that, I, but... I stopped thinking about it. Uh, and I just I stopped thinking. Yeah. Mm. What about Star Slammer from Fred Olin Ray? I haven't seen it. Well, take my word for it then. 
Uh, and everyone should also, I think, check out Reform School Girls from 1986, which has got some good mm. old cat stomping in it, I hear. Mm. I mean, what kind of oh, cat? Oh, and of course, uh, of course, I just noticed you. I am a fugitive from a chain gang. That movie, Is that good? That movie's awesome. Okay. I'll take your word for it, Mostly. 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 I don't trust you anymore, dude. Fine. You know that, though. And a late-breaking email, RJ. <gasps> Who could it be under the wire? Mr. Frank Solano. What about Frank Santoro? Nope, nothing yet from him. He's probably eating that gob of ghoul. He can't get away. All hail Wong Kar Wai. <sighs> so he found out, huh? Good day there, creeps. Hope you fellows are having a mighty splendid week. I know I am. Have you guys tuned into the news lately? Though global warming, World War Three, and Marvel fandom mm. is threatening to end it all, I have found hope through the madness in light of the announcement of a Wong Kar Wai retrospective that'll go nationwide. Though I'll technically, technically be living in Costa Rica, I'll be sure to visit North America in time to possibly see In the Mood in theaters mm. and to pick up a few Criterion releases. Speaking of which, after looking at the artwork for the Grand Budapest Hotel announcement, oh, we're getting ahead of ourselves, Frank, which, by the way, I'm not entirely sold on, I thought mm-hmm. up a fun little question. If you guys were tasked with creating a cover for three Criterion releases, whether old or new, which three would you choose? I think I'd actually leave In the Mood as alone, as I love the artwork, as is so my first choice to actually for... I love the artwork so uh, as is. So my first choice is actually for The Hand, the short film one car wide directed for Antioni's sensual anthology Eros. Oh, sick. <laughs> this is a family-friendly family friendly podcast, Frank. It was until now. <laughs> Reportedly, a director's cut is coming along in that retrospective, so if I could try my hand get it and honoring it in drawing i love it along with the hand i'd also go with pedro almavar's volver and ken russell's the devils also if any other creep followers have any they want to talk about chime in how about it jorge so like did you call me jorge or or olin ray as in fred olin ray is that a tease is that a tease for me i don't know <laughs> who, who knows so wait, is it three covers that I would like to redraw myself? Uh, is that you, what he was you'd asking? Be, you'd be creating a cover for three Criterion releases. Oh, okay. Old yeah. or new. Oh, easy. See, when he said The Hand, I'm like, you mean uh, written by Oliver Stone starring Michael Caine? That's, a, that's, that's the, what that's, I thought That's the only hand that, because it's about, it's about a drawing. It's about a guy drawing. It is about a drawing. Yeah, so if I could, if I could create some covers... I would probably like to create one for Fishing with John. I would probably like to create one for RoboCop, hand-drawn, Jared. Mm-hmm, yeah. That could be a Patreon goal. And if someone wants to contact Criterion, if they want to re-release RoboCop, new Blu-ray, 4K, I will hand-draw the cover. No problem. Just let me – just give me some stuff. Uh, and then probably uh, Sallow, I believe, is the correct pronunciation. You got it. I, I'd love to. Could you could you imagine what I would do with something like that? Uh, would it be a toilet, a piece of toilet paper? Uh, it would be something. I don't want to just wipe. <laughs> just I don't want to like print it. 
get ahead of myself here because some I, I know I know Criterion's listening and then because what always happens and it would happen I would say my idea and then next month they'd be like announcing next month and it'd be a re-release of Salo with my cover on there because that's what they do hmm. this seems like I mean I think Frank's also going for some uh, wishful thinking on some of these uh, that they put them in there Evolver's not too outrageous none of these are outlandish these are potentials down the road Oh, they didn't have to necessarily be actual no, criterion. No, but it's easier to think of stuff that exists for sure. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Boy, what do you got? I'm trying to think of stuff that's supposed to be coming out soon. I mean, fuck, I don't know. Napoleon. Napoleon should just come Dynamite? out. Dynamite. Yeah, where's Napoleon Dynamite too? Uh, yeah, that get with that uh, that nineteen that old silent film Napoleon that uh, BFI's got the rights to, but apparently is very tight with. I want that. Where's that come? When's that coming out? I also, I mean, I think I've seen I've seen that come and see poster art that they're mm-hmm. going with. Mm-hmm. Not a fan. Not a fan. Hmm. Well, I mean, if you want Jared, I would gladly draw a new cover for Come well, and See. See when you, when you were talking, I mean, not even so having seen w- it. When you mentioned the uh, Robocop cover, I was like, "Hey, have you seen some of those Scream Factory covers that they put out on their collectors editions?" Mm-hmm. And it's like, "Yeah, you could definitely draw the Robocop cover too." Oh, for sure. I bet people would pay good money to have uh, some hand-drawn originals by by your man over oh, here. Oh, 100% our listeners would be like kicking down our digital door for an RJ. Do it. Where is it? Post it on Instagram. You'll what, have one of mine. Yeah, I just start drawing it right now. <laughs> hey, you've seen some of my hand drawn stuff before. <laughs> draw, draw, draw your Robocop. Uh, okay, I will. Yeah. Uh, I need some time to work on this, though. I need at least eight minutes uninterrupted to okay. to get it done. Well, all right, we'll see what we can do tonight. I, I just need I need to be able to photo reference it. I need to have photo a lot mob- of mobility. Well, I don't want to like he's mess got a, up his he's, he's got a bucket on his head, and it's, just, <laughs> it's like his chest is literally like I don't know, like a just like a pan. It's like a with some nipples on it, or like or a chest. You know, his pecs are drawn onto it. You could do you, it. Whip I'll, it up. I'll, I'll do it. Just let, let me get some time to get the right grade of paper. I, oh, I need okay. a high. Some I need a high grained paper. Yeah, I see. Uh, that really yeah, hold I mean, your strokes. Well. I mean, Jer, we we hardly know each other. I don't know if you should say that. Before I let you off the hook, Ugh. a non-film question. I hope I hope it's about food. Uh, mm. Are you guys fans of them? Their theme parks? That's not food. <laughs> can I eat at these? It's... Can I eat at the theme parks? I've always been, I, I've always been a big ride boy. What the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> I've always been a big ride boy. <laughs> <laughs> and I love being first in line to ride the colossal coasters and repeat immediately after the ride's over. It's strange that when outdoors, I love to have the adrenaline rush adventures. But when it comes to film, I prefer something more quiet or slow moving. Anyway, hope you guys have a fun show. Good night, buds. I uh, Big ride I don't boy. Act- <laughs> I don't actually find anything funny about that. But your response to that was pretty funny. A big ride boy. Oh, Frank Santoro. <laughs> it's nice to hear from you. <laughs> um, okay, well, here, I'll, I'll answer quick, Jer, and then I have I have an in for you. Okay. Uh, I've also been a big ride boy in my time. You know, <laughs> things like the zipper, the big coasters. Uh, one time when I was a little kid, I was at Knott's Berry Farm. I went on a roller coaster, and then I puked. That was fun. 
Uh, and then when I got older, I started, I couldn't go on them anymore. Like even the slow ones, like the swings or the teacups, anything that was in circles just made me real sick. So, uh, my ride is, uh, alcoholism <laughs> is what I do now mostly. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, I don't, is that quiet here, and slow moving or is there like a, a rush that comes with that? It does depend, does it depend what you're drinking for me? Yeah. Oh yeah. I get different feelings from different alcohols. Uh, wine really dries me out for some reason. I think I got to get off of it because it really like I get really hung over on it. I don't know why. I don't get drunker, but I get way more hung over. Hmm. Um, I mean, I usually stick to beer and then. Uh, I do like how you've turned this very innocent question about <laughs> theme park rides to back to your alcoholism <laughs> once again. Well, what are you going to do? Uh, okay. 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 Hey, I got a question for you. What's your favorite theme park uh, food? So there's a there's a whole show on Food Network called Carnival Eats where oh, they fuck. just talk about of carnival foods. Is. Yeah. I know like here there's actually only one like main item ticket and I'm pretty sure that'll be your favorite but the, uh, elephant ear. Elephant ears. For the uninitiated out there it's just a big big old piece of fried dough covered in like cinnamon sugar. Yep. Baby. That's, that's it. it. Yeah, buttery doughy goodness. That's mm-hmm. yeah, that's like the only like that's like the out there thing. Cuz everything's like you want a corn dog? It's like fuck! I can just get a corn dog from the grocery store, buddy. What do you mean from the grocery store? They sell frozen corn dogs. You can't get frozen elephant ears. I mean, I guess, but do you have a deep fryer at home? I have five. No, I don't. I don't have any. Okay, <laughs> that, well, that, that's like, that's an RJ thing. Are you a big ride boy though? Like, what kind of rides do you I, like? I ride all the I ride all the rides. I'm a all but, the big I, boys. I, I'm I'm like a mid sized boy. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Big ride boy. Yeah. No. Uh. What do I do when when I'm when I whoop it up? I guess I'll. Uh. You know. I'm a fan of the yo-yo. Uh. That's, what is the that, yo-yo? It's just like a swing that you're in. And it's and you go flying through the air. It's really nice. It's a. It, it has like it's a nice pleasant ride. Uh. I did try the zipper a couple years ago. That was mm-hmm. a big mistake because. Um, RJ, I'm quite tall. I'm yeah. way too tall for the yo-yo, or sorry, for the the zipper. zipper. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I basically was like crammed into the carriage of it, and it just spins you around upside down. And my head and my feet were bracing me into it. Painful because this thing is like just hard metal. Mm-hmm. Awful, awful experience. There used that, to be the there was like the avalanche at one point and it's well it always changes its name but you just kind of get like put on this platform it spins you around and the thing that you're sitting in also spins around it's, and you just get slammed again into hard plastic and i mean mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have a lot of flesh on these bones it's just like it's just bone on metal for me so not a, not it's a good time of your life That's bone right. on metal bone on metal yeah, so I went on that. I went on actually that slingshot thing a couple of years ago. Oh, where really? You like sling right in the air. Yeah, that was pretty fun. I wanted it to last longer though. Like, yeah, because you only get it's only once. Yeah, it goes up once and then it just slowly comes back down. Yeah. Um, I used to really like the gravitron, like the yep. spaceship, oh, because yeah. obviously, but like where you would just like get mm-hmm. sucked on the wall. That was fun. And you know what I liked? And I don't give a shit what anyone says. I liked the big slide where you'd ride it down on a burlap sack. That was wicked fun. Yeah, uh, that's like a little kid thing. Yeah, but I thought it was fun. That's a that's a little man ride. That's a little man ride, but it's a ride nonetheless. I think we should also mention that we have a 
county fair that comes for a week of the year and what we've just named is essentially every single ride that is available <laughs> so uh the theme park uh, thing doesn't really apply to us we don't have any no. not where we well we have what is it callaway park yeah but i mean you're not gonna go up there for no, that no when i lived in colorado we had a, a big theme park that i went to once that was really fun i think it's called e-liches e-liches e-lich e-liches that, that's theme not- park that sounds like a, an, an internet undead monster or something. Yeah, Elitch is Denver. Elitch Gardens. It's still there. Huh. Yeah, it's a it's a Cthulhu thing. Oh, that's They're fun. celebrating 130 years this summer. Oh. oh my god! You gotta go. I gotta go. We, we well maybe we will, Jer. Who knows? Well, thank you, Frank, for introducing. Big ride boy into the lexicon. Uh, I like it. I like it. It's nice. I like it. It's good. It's good. Good stuff. I, I think that's it for emails. I'm going to double check just in case. Okay. Sh- shake that bag. Just really scoop it up the bottom. Make sure there's no uh, other lollygaggers because you never mm-hmm. know. You never know. Everybody scoop was up, resting Jared. on their laurels tonight. They're sleeping nope. on us. That's it. Doors All closed. Right. We're moving on. Hey, RJ. Mm-hmm. What you been creeping on? Fucked here. I watched some shit this week. Oh, yeah? What do you want to hear about? Yeah, you tell me. All right, I'll hit you with the TV stuff, even yep. though it's loggable on Letterboxd. Uh, before I get to Damon Lindelof, uh, we <laughs> also watched all of The Witcher. Oh, yeah? And I'm currently six hours into the 10-hour audiobook uh, of The Witcher. Yep. And I got to say, it's fine. It is accessible fantasy. Oh, boy. Uh, are, t- are, are you going to, like, turn into a big old fantasy boy? No. Uh, I'm not a big fantasy boy. I mean, I'm a big fantasy boy in concept and movies and things like that. I find the – I don't know. I haven't really found any big fantasy books that I've really kind of globbed onto. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair because most of them are really badly written. Yeah. I don't. This one, it's audiobooks, so I don't know how – I can't pull out that much stuff, but the TV show, it was fine. I think someone described it best on Twitter where they're like, you can't just have Henry Cavill sluttily killing monsters and call it a day and like nothing else. Yeah. He's pretty slutty in that show. Uh, Like some of the stuff was really good, but I mean, it's just like, it's junk food. I I, I saw some like real like sad attempts to meme that show up about giving your coins to a a witcher or whatever the Toss fuck. coin to your witcher Jerry. yeah that, i saw people trying to get that over like they're they're trying they are mm-hmm. oh, making but it's like who gives a shit like it's not funny it's, it'll pass oh yeah no it'll it'll pass hard it's already gone like well, especially, this thing's only uh it's like only eight episodes too hey eh? that's good you know it's really strange actually like uh i i found because they go with uh like it's not in chronological order. You see the events of like three different characters and you think they're at the same time, but like halfway through like four or five episodes in, you realize that one of them is way, way in the past. And like, eventually they catch up to each other. And I was like, Oh, that's strange. Like there's no indication that that is happening until they just kind of do it because like we figured it out, but I was kind of like, I bet people will get pretty lost on this. You know what I mean, Jer? Pretty lost, huh? Pretty lost. Lost. Damon Lindelof. Whoa. Jerry, you know about Watchmen? Uh, Yeah, you mentioned last week that you were almost done last week. 
And I saw you had a real spicy take on Letterboxd about it too. Well, what was like, it, Jer? What what I believe it was something along the it was like one was it one word or two words? I don't know. There's a star in between. There's a star in between. No. Woke men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I uh I refrained from uh, Did you uh, giving... uh, did you proceed to start like going online talking about canceling and uh, I, I didn't, uh, I, I, not yet, at least. Did, not you, did yet. you call anyone in SJW this week? Well, I mean. And, and wage any like online harassment campaigns against any, I don't know, minorities, women. Mm, I'm not a prolific, uh, world renowned author, so I haven't yet, but, yeah. uh, there's still time okay. for the, for that. Right. So I didn't I didn't mention it last week, but I, I know you're like vaguely interested in Watchmen, right? I am a Alan Moore fan. Yeah. So you, you uh, it, <laughs> have you ever wanted <laughs> have you ever wanted a little bit more, Jer? Never. Have you, Never have you in ever my wanted life. The rehumanization of Doctor Manhattan. No. Are you sure you don't want to see him fall in love and have a family? Nope. Have you ever wanted? Uh, duplicates of character traits that are in new characters because you want to see it again. Like, here's an example, because that doesn't make sense. Have you seen images of... Uh, what's his name? I like him a lot. Uh, what's his name, dear? So, new Rorschach. He yeah. has, like, a mirror face instead of the Rorschach right. fake. Tim Blake Nielsen. Or okay. Nelson. Uh could you? Would you want new Rorschach to eat beans the same way old Rorschach does? Because it's that, that's okay. That's cool. Character trait. That's okay. cool. Um, would you want to find out a little bit more about Silk Spectre too no. and what she does afterwards? Not, not really. Uh, well, do I want to know more about Oklahoma? Do, yeah. Would you like to know about Oklahoma? I don't mind. I mean, I like those Okies. Hey, do you think that? Uh, Alan Moore intended for Rorschach to be taken on as a symbol as white supremacy. See, I don't even mind that as a concept. Cause I've actually had like a couple of people describe the first three episodes or so to mm-hmm. me and like how they, some people were like, well, you know, it's kind of a neat like idea for like a science fiction show. And like, it doesn't go down these obvious routes. It's kind of a neat mm-hmm. world. And I was like, that's fine. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I know about this Lindelof guy, and I know mm-hmm. I know how these things go at the end of the day. And I was like, nah, wait and see, wait and yeah, see. Yeah, it's not a bad idea, and especially because it's like I think um, it's kind of like we've talked about before, especially when we were talking about like Mother a while ago, where it's kind of like I think it was Aronofsky was saying, where it's like you create this thing and you put it out there, and then like what happens to it afterwards? Like some, it's like you could make a movie and then it could become like a white supremacist movie and like you don't intend it to, but if those people get a hold of it. And so I think that's the idea with the Rorschach thing. They're like, cause they're just white supremacists, but they're like conspiracy theorists. And they're like, Rorschach was the conspiracy theorist. And they're like, so we're going to use his image. Right. So and like, yeah, that's fine. Okay. Here's the thing. Uh, when we were watching it, the first couple episodes, we were like really on board with it. Yeah. I was like, Hey man, this is pretty good. And then there's a cup like, there was two episodes I really liked. Well, because the first uh, one... three episodes are kind of like a like a police procedural. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Um, and then, like, what it is is, like, so 
it's after all the Watchmen, and then you have a town in Oklahoma where cops' identities are concealed. So cops now wear all those yellow things because it's like people started killing cops. Yes. And I was like, that's that's a good idea. I actually kind of like that a lot. Um, whereas like the cops were the ones wearing masks and there's these big ideas about like how the mask has a persona to it or and like it can be used in a different number of ways but it was also everything here was police state where the police couldn't get their guns out of their thing unless they had a reason to for it to get like unlocked out of their vehicle or whatever yeah uh so like i liked all that stuff and i was like yeah that's a that's a neat idea it's like a science fiction show yeah and then you get like a little mystery stuff set up in the first couple episodes and you're like yeah i'm on board with this uh, and then you get two really good episodes. One was the Tim Blake Nelson one, like the new Rorschach, his background story, uh, background story. I was like, that's really good. And then uh, you get a hooded justice background story. Mm-hmm. So like the whole time this is playing, there's like a TV show everyone watches right. about Watchmen and like about how hooded, hooded justice was like the original one. His story is really good. And it's got like a lot of very current day, like, topics and things like that so parallels. those two have parallels well the whole series is basically but that yeah. one is uh, especially so those two episodes are really good and uh yeah the start of the show starts like really good because it shows like a clan like sacking a city and then like the aftermath of the people who were like all of like the people of color like in their lineage and you're just like oh shit you're like what are they gonna get at here that's pretty neat but then the last three episodes hit and like we we not just me either, like Andrea too, we totally got sucked out of it. And we're like, ah, like what? Uh, <laughs> uh. And like, it's just like, I don't know. I, it's all, it's all set up very well and things do pay off. So the whole time you get like Jeremy Irons being Adrian Veidt in the background doing a bizarre accent for some reason. And like his story doesn't really meet up until the last episode. And that's kind of cool. And then you have Dr. Manhattan who comes in in the last three episodes. And when there's things that are set up and they have payoffs and it's fine. But in the last three episodes, I just found mostly I was just like, I was like, I'm not into this anymore. Like, I I thought it was trying a little, a little too hard. There's a line in the show, Jerry, where uh, a guy's like, do you have any idea how hard it is being a white male in America today? And there's like a big thing on that. And I was like, I was like, I know what you're trying to say here, but. Mm-hmm. I'm not totally on board with this. Um, so there's like, it's a lot of racial stuff, a lot of sexual stuff. It's very, it's like I said, it's very woke in that sense where I, I almost feel like they tried to put too much of it on like individual characters where it's like, not only is this character, this minority, but he's this one too. And this one. And you're like, this seems like you're putting too much into, I don't know, maybe that's as a cis hetero white male. Maybe I, I have uh, I, I don't see it the same way, but I, I thought they were doing too much. You know what I mean? I'll take your word for it. I I think you would not like this at all. I, I don't think I would at all. Yeah, and uh, like just because I, I'm kind of with you, even though I do like Zack Snyder's uh, movie, I'm kind of with you where I'm on Alan Moore's side. Like he doesn't like any of this stuff, so it's like so, just let it die. Yeah, this is the thing where I find the. This idea of like, yeah, they have like they're hanging their hats on a lot of social issues. But the one that we're just not going to talk about in the this is creator rights 
And the fact that this maybe mm-hmm. shouldn't exist, I don't know, shouldn't exist because it goes, runs contrary to the still living creator who's been basically shanghaied out of uh, mm-hmm. this corporate agreement that he made back when these types of things didn't actually work out the way that they wound up doing, where it's like, oh, this guy happened to create with Dave Gibbons uh, one of like the, the best-selling graphic novels of all time. and mm-hmm. uh, But when they signed that deal, it was like, well, nothing ever sold like this, but this one did, and we'll never make good on this deal, and we're going to continue mm-hmm. uh, opening the doors to other people to make it. Even though it's like, I'm sure if in another world, Alan Moore, things went swell and he was treated properly and creator mm-hmm. rights were respected instead of like, but now that you have these things where it's like they're obsessed about certain social issues, but other ones were like, well, that wouldn't allow us to tell the story that we want. Exactly. So there's like that part that it's like, well, we don't even talk about that part because if we start talking about that, that means you can't have Spider-Man anymore and you can't mm-hmm. have the superhero movies that you want. And uh, because you have to actually pay people and some of these companies go, well, fuck that. Mm-hmm. And then, then the whole thing collapses, and then everyone gets mad at these creators for like wanting to like be, you know, paid for something that they did mm-hmm. that we wouldn't have otherwise. But yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And like Dave Gibbons is credited, but just yes. him because Alan Moore, he's like, nope. don't put my name on any nope. of that shit. Nope. Yeah, I can um, give all the money to my co-creator, and that's been his policy. I mean, if the if uh, the comic sells really well, uh, mm-hmm. and he he keeps that money. But then he has to pay taxes on it, and then he forgets to pay his taxes, and then he has to make really weird, dark, rapey Lovecraft comics for Avatar mm. Comics. But that's yeah. a, that's another story. That's a story for a different day. It just kind of like whenever I think of watching, I think of what is what is his name, Joe Casada, who is uh, sure. like Marvel's big guy, Casada, Casada, whatever Quesadilla. it was. I just, uh, oh, baby. Uh, I remember he was always like, he's like, if you ever see Watchmen in DC. Or like the two Marvel universes combined, like Ultimate or any Ult- other yeah, one. It was Marvel and Ultimate. Yeah, universe. he's like, you ever see that happening? He's like, we're officially out of ideas forever. Yeah. And then like after he like stepped down or something, they those things combined. And I mean, Watchmen's got tons of comics, new ones again now, and, and before all that. Watchmen, oh, before Doomsday Clock. Oh yeah. There was a like. In, like the show doesn't it's not that a there's nothing good on it like the characters i mentioned and some of the stuff like in the front end i think is really good there's this dude everyone calls a lube man he was really good but i never saw him again he just lubed, lubed himself up that was cool um but there's like i don't know there's some I stuff that i don't know if you're into. making that up <laughs> i'm not he's running down a street he lubes himself up and slides into a manhole huh that's he he's in one scene and that's all you see i mean it never comes back fascinating it it was i thought it was fascinating one thing too i'll just mention is uh i don't really i think they the dr manhattan stuff is a little bit goofy and i'm kind of like it's like i don't think that's how this would play out as a fan who has read the book once it's like i don't think that's how this would play out and like the way he acts and stuff i was kind of like this seems out of character huh perhaps but i don't know Who's to say, Jer? I just know you wouldn't like it. Yeah. You'd probably really like the first five episodes, and then when you get to the last couple, then you'd get like, remember how It Chapter 2 ruined It Chapter 1 for you? Yep. Similar. Cool. Anyways, what should I even talk about now? Uh, what did you watch? I watched Good Boys. You yeah. ever heard of Good Boys? I remember seeing the trailer and going, didn't they make this movie already? Now they've just got littler kids. 
Yeah, he got even littler, littler kids it's directed just, it's, by it's like another super bad. Yeah, but with junior high kids. Wow. So Instead. we have super bad, book smart, good boys. And, good boys. and there's got to be something else in there too. I'm sure there is. Uh, it was uh, it was wholesome. It was cute. Andrew, me and Andrea watched it together, and we went on our cell phones and stuff. I uh, did see there were some drones in RC vehicles and such. There, there is drones in this bad boy uh, used for, to spy on girls kissing. Wow. Uh, so that's a good one. Uh, no, it was fine. Uh, there were some some jokes I, I got a little bit out of. I don't feel like I wasted my time. I saw a friend of the show, Oliver Granger, gave it a big fat two stars, so I'd be interested to hear his critique. But that's all I'm going to say for right now. How's that sound? Sounds great. I, d- I dabbled into uh, Criterion 70s sci-fi collection this week. Oh. Because there was like four or five movies on there. I was like, yeah, I'll check those out, the things I haven't seen. So I watched the very first one, No Blade of Grass, Jarrett. Sounds good. It has its own theme song. A virus of doom envelops Earth. Mm-hmm. So when the movie starts and when it ends, you have this guy singing, No Blade of Grass. It's pretty sick. So you ever want to see a bunch of people get raped and a bunch of dead animals? Fuck yeah. So I'll, here's a movie for you, Jarrett. It's actually like... it's. Pretty 70s sci-fi. It's got some neat ideas. There's like a pandemic thing of sorts going around or like a plague on uh, food. So there's no food available for anyone anymore. So all of Europe, England, China, Russia, they're all going down, man. Good. Uh, wow. Strong opinions by Jarrett Duncan. That's that's right. Jarrett Duncan. Uh, so everyone's starving. And it, it goes from like. It's really funny how fast this movie goes because in the first five minutes, the TV's like, there's talk that China is having food scarcity. And it's it's kind of heavy-handed. Like, it shows England, and they're, they're eating, like, huge hams and, like, puddings. And they're like, ha, 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 poor beggars starving. And then in the next scene, it's like, England is in chaos. <laughs> there's people, like, they're flipping cars. Uh, on the radio, it's like, people have already resorted to cannibalism. And you're like, oh, <laughs> shit. Uh, and then in like the very next scene, uh, a biker group just like it's a rate a roving raping biker group. They go around raping people left and right. So you get a like a 70s rape scene in this thing, like multiple. And you're just like, this is all in like the first 15 minutes. You're kind of just like, holy shit, this thing's moving fast. Uh, so you get that. And then what you get it, you just fall like a group of survivors kind of wandering around. <clears throat> this movie is really strange, dude. Like it's the way it's edited is bizarre because it'll be like guys talking like you and me and then it'll cut to a scene of like a really bloated african kid and it'll have like a red tint on it and it'll be like (laughs) and and then it'll like cut back to like the scene and you're like uh (laughs) you're like what you're kind of just like what the fuck was that um and then later on what it'll do is it still does that where it'll cut to like it'll be like flashing strobe of red light and it'll show things that are about to happen in like 10 minutes. So it'll be people walking and be like, yeah, we got to find a place to, to stay. And then it'll cut to this strobing scene. And it'll be two of the guys like having a shootout. And then it'll like cut back to them walking. And then in 10 minutes, it'll... And then 10 minutes, it'll, it'll go to that scene. So you're kind of like, why are they giving you like premonitions of like what's going to happen? Because it's not a character seeing that stuff. It's just the movies telling you. It's like, hey, guess what's going to happen in like 10 minutes? Huh. <laughs> so it's, that's one it, way of uh, making a movie. 
it's bizarre, dude. Like, because I, I was watching it, and then when it when it happened a couple times, it's like, what are they going for here? It's really weird. Uh, there was a ton of dead animals in this thing, but at the moment the credits start, there is a little banner that says no animals were harmed, and I was like, yeah, right, sure thing, bud. <laughs> uh, there's that, and then there's actually one scene in this I think you would think is cool. You have like 20, 30 of the survivors, and uh, they see the rape biker gang pull up and there's like 40 of them and they're like oh shit so they hide in the rocks and the biker guys just bike around them and the guys in the rocks shoot each other and they have like a little shootout but the biker guys never get off their bikes they just drive by with like chains i was like that's kind of neat it's kind of cool not bad it's kind of neat it's kind of cool uh so anyways no blade of grass is uh it's a weird movie is it a mixed bag not even like it's not very good it's oh. just it's got some strange stuff in it you know, weird. So, what do you want to know about the Great Escape, Jer? Should I tell you? Uh, well, did, did, like... did you watch this back when we'd watched Grand Illusion? Or was that no. just me? Yeah, that was just you. Okay, so had you never seen the Great Escape? Nope. Huh. I had not. Wow. So uh, you got a little taste of uh, some Dad Wave. Some Dad Wave. Yeah, you uh, you've mentioned Dad Wave and a friend of the show, that big sugary bastard. Reese Haxtell, he uh, his review was pretty good on uh, some of the dad themes <laughs> yes. present in this thing. Uh, I like that quite a bit. But uh, no, I like. I mean, I've seen elements of The Great Escape over and over in other movies, but I've never actually watched it myself. So I well, you've even seen that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and it's got some uh, Great Escape. Got some Great Escape in there. Yeah. Well, The Great Escape is a movie, Jer. So what do you what do you think of Steve McQueen as an actor? Yeah, I mean, he's actually. I don't think he's even in this that much, to be very honest. He's just, he's the Freezer King, right? He's just in the Freezer the whole time. Kind of. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's other actors that get way more play than he does. Like Jimmy Garner and Dev- Donald Pleasance. You know? Mm-hmm. Or maybe I just didn't watch the movie, right? Maybe. Which is also possible. Uh, I don't know. He's not, I don't find him particularly special in any way. Because this movie is goddamn long. Mm-hmm. It's like three hours, my man. And I mean, well, I think my one of my things too at the time was like, where, where, "Where's Charles? I want more Chuck Bronson in this." Yeah. Well, I wanted more of the catfish too. You know what? Something I actually found was uh, like pretty endearing was that he was like the manliest guy there, but they chose to portray him in a way that showed how men can still be sensitive, Jarrett, and mm-hmm. experience trauma. And I, I was like, "Oh shit!" I was like, "That's pretty cool. I like that." Gee. Just looking at this guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that coming. James Co- Coburn. 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 Who's playing um an Australian? Of course. In this movie, which I found like he's what is he? He says bloody a lot. He's like, oh, it's bloody this. And you're just like, <laughs> what are you doing, James Coburn? Why are you talking like that? So him, uh, Jimmy Garner, Richard Attenborough, Donna Pleasance, Steve McQueen. Yeah. All the boys. The boys. So I saw at the end that this was based on a true story, Jer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was kind of like, maybe you could uh, elucidate <laughs> some things to me. Well, no, In, no more than uh, Wikipedia could. Well, when when was there a time that Nazi Germany was taking American prisoners and would put up with this kind of horseshit? Well, have, you, like, ever, a, well, have you ever seen the documentary series Hogan's Heroes? I have. I've also seen uh, Chicken uh, Chicken Run. Right. 
which is a remake of The Great Escape, I believe. Right. So you understand. Uh, I understand. Sure. Sure, I understand, Jarrett. Uh, but it's I was based just kind of. based on a nonfiction book called The Great Escape by Paul Brickhill of the 1944 mass escape from the German POW camp Stalag Luft III for British and Commonwealth airmen. I was mostly just like, because they, there's all this talk where they're like, I guess well. there's also, people could also uh, watch Stalag 13, the Billy Wilder movie, which is also American POW fun. I probably just watched Chicken Run. Do you know who's the star of Chicken Run, Jerry? <laughs> Is that well, like 13? Is that like 17? Fuck. Or is that like actually the name of uh, the camp of Hogan's Heroes? I don't know. No. Or should did. I know? I don't uh, do anything for this I'm, show. I'm blanking out. I got the wrong one. Billy Wilder. Stalag. 17. Damn. Oh, fucking idiot. Well, I mean, that's all well and good. But, okay, so like I know that there's POW camps. But, like, these guys who keep trying to break out and stuff, and then, like, I know you got to make it playful for the movie. They're like, we decided to put you all here so that you couldn't break out. But I was kind of just wondering. I was like, wouldn't they just kill them all? You know? Well. Like, I know that they like there was some, like, modicum of, like, decency. But at the same time, I was like, but they did kill, like, millions of people. Sure did. So why didn't, like, you know? Am I taking the the wind out of the sails on this? But it's real. I mean, they did have. I mean, I don't know if they let him go that far. There's a, a man escaped the before mentioned a Robert Bresson film that's about the, them getting killed off because they're all waiting in a jail to be killed for uh, mm. for for transgressions, being I guess prisoners or whatever, being picked off one by one. It's like any time their day could come. They got it pretty good there, though. I mean. I mean, the James part of Garner's the part... bringing in like coffee well, and don't marmalade. You remember, don't you, and don't you remember this from like Grand Illusion as well? Yeah, I do. World I War, just... more World War One, I, I guess. Uh, there, but maybe I just have an alternative history in mind, and uh, yeah. I'm fake news, I guess. Probably. I mean, Great Escape is still it's it's pretty cool. There's some nice stuff in there. It's good dad movie stuff, Jer. Mm-hmm. Good dad movie stuff. I just. Not, I'm not even bringing that up as a negative. I was just just mentioning, you know. Tell me. So uh, you watched another movie, though. <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah, because I mean, The Great Escape. We need our we need our friends of the show to tell us what they think or write comments, like Sugar Head. So, anyways, I watched The Lighthouse. Lighthouse. Yeah, I had um some pretty, as you put one time, harrowing meta tags on uh, the the letterboxed here. So I did it. I rented this son of a bitch for five bucks. HD, baby, online. I noticed that on the lighthouse tags, you did not put animal violence. I forgot. Uh, I'll update that immediately because uh, you never mentioned uh, the animal violence in this. Pretty egregious animal violence. But it's for all for fun, and it works out in the end. Well, I, I did listen to Robert Ager say that uh, they're, they didn't kill actual seagulls, so, yeah. you know. What, is, what, uh, is, yeah. what a surprise. Well, I mean, who knows anymore? What do you think about Robert Ager's? As a person? Yeah, just I, in general. Um, Well, we both have listened to the same interview, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that the two films that he's made are, like, pretty uh, exquisitely made films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're he's an intre- he's a far more interesting person to listen to than a lot of uh, filmmakers 
generally sure. are. But the one interview I think that you're referring to, a little mm-hmm. aloof. And I think it's like kind of uh, intentionally aloof. But yeah. at the same time, I, I believe at the time that interview was done, uh, mm-hmm. he was very tired. And so maybe it's not a good I believe. But So yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I think. But, I mean, it's on the screen. There's some good stuff happening on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really curious to see what happens next with his uh, filmmaking because, as I've said before, Lighthouse was my favorite new movie mm-hmm. of last year. Yes, it was. And uh, I'm curious, now that you've seen it, what if you share this opinion? I think you're way out to lunch. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. Lighthouse is pretty, pretty rad, dude. Uh, I was going to say, I think Robert Eggers, too, like, uh, he seems like a smart guy. Yeah. That's a, it seems like, yeah, that, that one interview, like, I felt like he was just getting badgered. And I was like, maybe he's, like you put, maybe he's tired. But I, I like how he kind of rationalizes some of the stuff. And like, it's kind of like what you said, you see it on the screen and I, I get it. Cause one of the big things that I noticed was the costume stuff he was talking about. Yeah. He's kind of just like, I just think it's neat. And it's like, that is neat. Uh, Cause one of the things watching the lighthouse, I was like, I like their, their like costume designs because that looks like old sea shanty men. <laughs> I was like, that is neat. Um, what was I going to say? Did you know this was filmed in Canada? I did. Nova Scotia, Jarrett. In, in like composited lighthouse land. Yeah, I like that. Lots of talk about Canadian stuff in here. You know, Hudson Bay Company, mm-hmm. things of that nature. Yeah, uh, what was I saying? Lighthouse is really good. Well, I think last week uh, I, I kind of uh, threw to you that it was kind of like the grim and gritty Swiss Army man. It is, in a sense. Like, it's about male bonding. It's kind of like wild hogs. It is about farts. Uh, I could have used a little more farts, to be honest. Mm. But uh, that's my problem with every but, movie. But the trade-off is you get more Willem Dafoe. You do get more Willem Dafoe. Yeah, so like it's a it's a pretty well put together little little flick, Jer. Um, I think it like I think there's a lot of stuff you could pull from it, like things about obsession and like relationships, and not even like not even like like sexual or anything like that, but like even just like friendship relationships. I think the one scene that like stuck out the most for me is when they're talking about like dinner and uh, Willem Dafoe's like, well, you're fond of my cooking. And Robert Pattinson's like, not really. And Willem Dafoe's like so hurt and like feels like, like, like you can just see true sadness in him. He's like, he's like, you're, he's like, you're not fond of my lobster. He's like, you don't like my cooking. He's just really hurt by it. And I was like, man, Man, I feel it. It's relationships, Jarrett. An obsession and the light. Oh, baby. What do you know about the light, Jarrett? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I know about that light. There's a, well, that's what I mean. I think there's a lot of stuff you could pull out of this. I'm not going to attempt to uh, unpack, as the kids say. Mermaids. Mermaids, um, galls. And uh, mattress holes with pubes. So I was going to ask, how come you believe that those are pubes? Because they're, I guess that's what it was there for, my friend. Mm, it gets lonely on that island. Uh, yeah, I mean Robert. I mean they both deal, dealt with it in their own ways, right? Well, yeah. I mean maybe it's some someone's making some concoctions. Maybe it was some magic. Maybe CK magic. Ooh. Uh I like the foghorn. It's a oh, it's yeah. a very evasive sound. Ooh. That like uh, was scaring my cats when I was watching this because I had this thing cranked up, and then sometimes it was kind of like unexpected. Boom! 
Robert Pattinson. You're just like, God damn it. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Uh, it looks great. Yep. The lighting is pretty, pretty rad. There was one scene that I thought was really well done where, uh, it's like Robert Pattinson standing outside trying to like, he's watching Willem Dafoe in the lighthouse and the lights kind of passing over him, but like the light will pass and it'll light up behind him. Yep. And then like a, two seconds later, it'll light up him. And I was like, man, that's, that looks great. Yeah. There's like a couple times great. like where um, you're like really in the dark at that movie. And mm-hmm. then you get these, you get a sudden like blast of light when they're on the outside again. And mm-hmm. yeah, the compositions of the movie, like the, the use of the full frame look, yeah. uh, kind of creating that claustrophobia. Yeah, it's uh, I think it's a pretty special movie. I, I can't wait to rewatch it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you definitely feel like the uh, the wetness mm. coming in. Like, remember how you were talking about the tear and you're like, it doesn't feel cold enough. Right. This movie definitely feels wet enough. It's pretty damp. Pretty damp, my man. Yeah, Willem Dafoe is, like, pretty fucking amazing in this. Why'd you spill your beans, Jer? Yee. Uh, he's real good. Uh, it's definitely wet a lot. Um, and I remember who... There's people talking about this not being a horror movie, and I, I think that's just ridiculous. This is a horror movie, Jer. Right? Yeah, I, yeah I think, I'm pretty sure I gave it that tag. I don't know. Mind. I don't know why people would yes, even I, argue with. Yes, that. I did. Yeah, there's some people that I don't know. I don't know what they're talking about. I, I don't know either. Uh, it actually, you know, what it reminded me the most of was like things like Eraserhead, and like just David Lynch type stuff. But hmm. in in terms of like, uh, I was gonna say Robert Eggers. He's only got two in the bag, but uh, him and like Yorgos Lanthimos, they're yeah. the two guys I'm most excited to watch movies for now. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. You know? May rewatch that the bitch one of these days. Yeah, the bitch. Probably not. But <laughs> I found out what that meant. I never knew before. Yeah, that interview. There was an actual reason for that. I thought it was just like some oh. some asshole in new media was like, "I'm going to nah. change this up here a little bit and uh, I, make I it." I guess. Uh, I mean, I knew that, and I just I don't know. I never even thought of. No one ever said it. I just thought they everyone would be in on that detail of why that would be. But I guess mm-hmm. I've looked at like old typographies when looking at for shit for D and so i was just like oh hey that's odd and i saw i found out about that ages ago and then i was like oh that's in the movie but i guess some people were like really like what's that about <laughs> well i just i always just assumed it was some like weird dude who did it and i was like all right i saw ah. i thought it was some guy who was like really into himself you know right 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 yeah but uh yeah no lighthouse is a uh, pretty top quality stuff but is so. it is it joker good uh, I mean, I like them both for different reasons. Okay. How's that for an answer? It's not an answer at all, but I'll take it. There you go. What about you, Jared? Well, We're... it's a late, late start to Jan-Noir Airy. Ah, right, right. No, but it, I started. I finally did it. Gotta mm-hmm. do right by Sam Sanchez. Yeah, otherwise he'll hurt me. He might. He never even emailed in, though. I know. Well, because he's on his way. Ah. So... Ah. First up, I watched this movie called Plunder Road. Cool. It's about, uh, it starts off with a gold heist. So you get to see okay. this real tense, rainy uh, heist where they take some gold. They get the gold. Mm-hmm. And now it's like they got this idea to get rid of the gold because you sometimes watch these movies. And the question is, well, now that you've got this gold, what, what do you do with gold? You can't Good like, question. you can't go to the grocery store and 
you know, pick up smokes and a case of beer. If you're American, we can't do that in Canada anymore. Sadly. Why not? Because because uh, of legislation. Mm. Politicians Fuckers. just don't get it. Mm. Trying to protect the kids. Shameful. Run our lives. So Shameful. Plunder Road, you basically just watch as uh, various members of the original heist get picked off one by one. You guys see mm-hmm. scenes where uh, one man is stopped by the police and he proceeds to just run unarmed into a field. And then you see the cop just kind of draw his gun and say, hey, stop, and then shoot him <laughs> in the back. And you're like, yep, nothing's changed. <laughs> um, Do you think that happens in real life? Well, now we've got body cams to protect us. Oh, shit. Is yeah. that a real thing? Oh, yeah. Uh, what else we got? Like, we got like, I don't know. I wasn't crazy about this. It was okay. It's short. That's one of the lovely things about, uh, Noir is RJ. They're like all like an hour and a half. It's fantastic. It's just like, do you what, promise? It's what makes Creeptober so sweet is like horror movies tend mm-hmm. to be on the shorter side, but not these artisanal horror films. And I'm sure artisanal elevated. film noir, elevated noir. Mm-hmm. Those, those, are, those, those are going to cost you two hours of your time. Guaranteed. Guarantee it. Without fail. So, yeah, Plunder Road's got some scenes that are okay. I guess some good cold-blooded murder. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it's uh, not at the top of anyone's list. Not mine, anyway. Follow mm-hmm. that up with a movie called Storm Warning. This movie uh, Was that about? stars Ginger Rogers. Remember her? Uh, yeah, she was in a movie we watched once, right? Swing Time with Fred Astaire. Oh. She doesn't just dance. She just acts sometimes. So she plays the sister of a, of a woman who has mm-hmm. married unknowingly into the clan. Which clan? The Ku Klux Klan. Cool. I don't really know about that. Is it good? Or? You saw that Black Klansman. Oh, I thought that was uh, I thought that was fiction. Oh well, so this is 1951. Okay, and uh, Ginger Rogers is on a she's going she's a model she's going to a photo mm-hmm. shoot somewhere in the south and she's going to stop by and visit her sister real quick before she continues on her way. And Thanks. while while in the town, she happens to come across a attempted lynching of a white journalist who's been locked up in the jail because he's trying to uncover dirt on the clan and the clan don't like it too much. So they uh, drag him out of jail, beat him up. He runs away. They shoot him Mm. dead. And of course she gets a good look at the two guys whose hoods fall off. And uh, she kind of runs away, goes and finds her sister and then finds out that her brother-in-law was one of those men that's killed this guy in, in the clan. And her idea is like, well, mm. I'm just, I, for, the, for the sake of my sister who's pregnant with this guy's baby, I'm just going to leave town and not say anything about it. But the uh, county prosecutor rolls in. And do you know, RJ, who plays the county prosecutor? Yul Brenner? Future president and future governor, Ronald mm. Reagan. Does he slap around anyone in this? He uh, he, in this d- one? he actually does give Ginger Rogers a big old shove in this. Man, so that was his mo, hey? Well, I think I remember uh, reading how it's like, well, he didn't like doing that sort of thing. I'm like, yeah, well, now he's done it twice. I don't know how much he how yeah. much arm twisting there had to be about this. Yeah. This movie though, oh boy, they kind of skim over the whole clan being like racial murderers. They don't okay. talk. They don't talk about that. They're kind of just presented as this, like, kind of, I guess a vigilante group. 
mm-hmm. and they don't really get into specifics. I think the idea, the implication is that <laughs> the, the what the implication is okay. that uh, they uh, you know they're, they're they just kill whoever they want and think no one can stop them because usually they have got members mm-hmm. on the police force. They're everywhere. Actually, in this movie, they do. They're I don't think any of them are in the police force, but like the uh, Ronald Reagan's like second in command, he mentions I was in the Klan once. No kidding. Yeah, I thought that they'd be able to solve things and it would be good for the community. Uh, but it turns out there's just a bunch of uh, hoodlums. Um, it's, do you think that's what most people think? Well, this is 10 years before like the civil rights movements and like kind of underway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how much, because uh, this is Warner Brothers, how okay. how far they could push those buttons. I, I doubt this movie was playing in the south southern markets, mm. but uh, yeah, they're uh, they're still tiptoeing around. Uh, some might say it's didactic. It, this movie is like got, got some very uh, cornball dialogue, laying things out real plain. Because what mm-hmm. happens is it turns into a thing where it's like we're Ginger Rogers. She's witnessed this thing. Now she's got to do right. So we get like the usually like very simplified, dumb American court system that doesn't reflect reality at all. Very bombastic and cinematic. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's she's got to point the finger because she sees these guys. And of course, there's like these vague threats about what will happen if you do this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, she doesn't do the right thing at the beginning. And uh, there's hell to pay. We get, we got a big finale uh, with a big old burning cross and a big old mm. like gathering of the clan. All these people wearing mm. little kids wearing their little their little clan outfits. Are they cute? Oh, I mean, as cute as a clan baby can be. That's pretty. I mean, all babies are cute, right? Even like, even if there's some that you said you're like, I don't like that. They're like little ghosts. They're just like little ghosts. Little goats. Little ghosts. Little goats. Nice. Yeah. Like little goats. Um, so I followed that up with a, a little movie called DOA. What does that mean? Dead on Arrival. Was the movie? Well, let me tell you, this movie mm. is, um, uh, it's on YouTube. <laughs> is that your, is that your whole review of it? Uh, yeah. Uh, no. So this movie, I, I would love for you to watch this cause it's got some, it's got some decisions on the audio level mm. so this movie oh. oh boy so this movie opens up with a cold open mm-hmm. that, uh edmund o'brien he stumbles into a police station to report a murder and he wants to speak to the chief and the chief's like all okay. right who'd you who do you who who's murder you reporting my own dun, dun, it sounds dun. like a, that you know that Lindsay lohan movie i know who killed me exactly that's what this sounds like pete jackson himself um, so then we get, now it goes back to the beginning. He's like, a I don't know. He runs a bank or some shit with his girlfriend and all these ladies hit on him. And his girlfriend's jealous about this, but he's going off on a vacation all by himself to San Francisco. And she's like, what are you going to do when you're there? Why can't we, we got to hang out together. We're not seeing each other very much. But then she's like, well, you go run along and do whatever you want. Cause I know you'll come running back. And you're like, oh, he has, he has a free pass now to uh, take a, a poke here and there, wherever he wants. So he to do a what? Have a poke. Oh, my. A poke at what? <laughs> well, he goes, he checks into his hotel. And so okay. for the next, like, five minutes, 
he's checking into this hotel. It's like at the end of like a, a salesman conference and there's mm-hmm. a lot of activities real bustling and there's all these salesmen all getting loaded up and there's all these ladies kicking around mm-hmm. who I don't know if they come here for some fun themselves so they can get a poke. And uh, a what? And so what happens <clears throat> is every time Edmund O'Brien looks at one of these ladies, one of you know, these like mm-hmm. 50s women, these actresses, they come, they give each other the, the eye. And on the s- actual s- soundtrack, you're a. They get this like slide whistle sound. To what end? Just to, uh, you know, get across, you know, hey, this guy's getting hard. <laughs> Uh, he's he's getting sexually excited at the very least at this prospect oh. of having a poke with his penis into their vagina. Um, could you state your name again one time for the podcast, just briefly? It's Robert. Oh, oh, okay, Robert uh, Duncan. Yeah, Robert. So anyway, uh huh. This goes on every time he sees this, oh, like a woman. He's like having another conversation. The bellboy's helping him with his bags, and he looks over sure. at a woman. She look at him, and you're, whoop. And it's like I'm like, did someone add this to the movie? Like, is this like, did someone hack the YouTube file and put this fucking thing? Because it only appears in the first like couple of minutes of this like movie. Whenever he's looking at these ladies, he checks in. Okay. He's uh he's he starts hanging out with these these like fast and loose salespeople and ladies getting drunk at the uh, was the at this bar the fishermen this crazy j- jazz bands playing uh, jive band and he's, he's he's gonna have some fun he's trying to find opportunities but he winds up getting drugged with this like l- luminous poison that has no cure he's informed and uh, he's gonna be de- he's gonna be dead in days at most two weeks and now he's going to set out to find out why why has this happened to me and he's trying to protect this cover this up from his wife and she's like what's going on are you having are you having fun (laughs) and so yeah it's then it just turns into like kind of the formulaic it feels formulaic but it's just it's so dumb this movie uh it's real cornball uh there's like some good gangstery stuff when you start mm-hmm. getting into the plot of like why he's being killed because he signed something that was under somebody else's name and they're trying to cover their tracks and they're like, well, the only way to deal with this is to make sure that this guy dies. Oh, it's just preposterous. In a good way though? I, 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 this is, uh, I, I feel, I feel on the weaker side of these, uh, Noirs. It's way too much uh, front-loaded stuff. Where you're like, "What is this?" The, at times, mm. it, it does feel like a, a cartoon rather mm. than a, a grim and gritty uh, urban tale of crime. Kind of like you and me, like us. And uh, then uh, last night, I watched a movie called Hangover Square. What was that about? It is a period piece in the late, or sorry, early twentieth century. In England, Laird Krieger returns to the cast. I uh, remember talking about him a few noirs ago. He's a mm-hmm. he's a very like heavy set, striking man who died quite young. But every time I see him in movies, I'm always like, that guy's really cool. I really like him. He's got a good presence. In this, he plays a composer um, who may or may not be a homicidal maniac. Who doesn't know mm-hmm. it though? Because certain sounds or loud things make his brain go wild, and then he goes and kills people. The movie opens up with him killing a Jewish man, which is uh, 
not really brought attention to. It's like, oh, he kills this man that's very clearly Jewish who owns an antique store, who we also were later informed is like kind of a scumbag and probably had it coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. So it was good <laughs> that he killed him? Well, this movie came out in 1945. Uh, so things were going on at that point in time. And it's like, oh, that's a decision that was made. <laughs> Killing Jews mm. and presenting them on fire. The Duncan uh, approach. Yeah. Or the uh-huh. the Robert approach. Oh, okay. Robert Duncan. He's a bad dude. He's a bad man. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this movie kind of goes about the thing where you know that he's guilty. You're And you just kind of watch like this whole storyline, though, where it's like, yeah, he has certain triggers when things get in his way. His subconscious wants to clear those things out. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one floozy comes along, and she... Uh, she wants uh, him to write some music for her to sing. She's a singer, you see. And she wants to get mm-hmm. into, like, you know, the equivalent of Carnegie Hall. And uh, so she's going to mm-hmm. use him. She's going to sweet talk him, rub up against him. And, and he's like, oh, yeah, okay. And there's the one, there's the good girl that he should have just stuck along with the whole time. But he just gets strung along and then he gets mad. And there's loud sounds. There's a Siamese cat in this bad boy. Oh, this is like the cutest cat in the world. Such a wonderful cat and the whole time you're just waiting for him you're like you know he's going to try to strangle that cat he's uh, this motherfucking movie but he that doesn't happen does something even worse happen ah arguably so yes yeah so but i will say this the whole like i don't know three quarters of this movie are like pretty stock to me like nothing to stand out but the conclusion of this movie like the last 10 minutes are awesome they are like the the filmmaking mm. the camera work the storytelling the visuals are awesome mm. i'm like why why, why doesn't anyone talk about this is it because they just get hung up on the start of this movie where it's just, just like bland and no one talks about it because it's kind of like got film noir elements but it's also mm-hmm. still a period piece and it doesn't quite fit the like urban blight of a typical film noir. This one doesn't mm. have quite those things. But man, I was like so sucked. Like the last ten minutes, I was like, man, this is fantastic. This this is like better than uh, that Hitchcock shit we were watching a few weeks ago. <laughs> the uh, the his old British stuff. Oh yeah. Where people were like, there's a big zoom in on on the blackface <laughs> guy, <laughs> and it's like that's fine. But then you watch this and you're like, whoa, we, we there were some light years like made in like those last seven years between these movies. Cause like this movie is 45. So to mm-hmm. be fair, it's like seven years. A lot of things were going down. We have that citizen Kane being made, you know, is that a good show? Uh, I heard it's okay. Oh, uh, well, but, I'm never going to watch yeah. it, but so, so I mean, are you saying to get past the first 20? Well, to get, get to the last 10 minutes, I mean, you watch the whole movie, I guess. I mean, if you're yeah. like into grandpa movies and you like this kind of a uh, old ball shit, uh, mm-hmm. check it out. Cause the last 10 minutes I think are like, Pretty, um, pretty stand out. Well, I don't trust you. I never have. Good. Don't start. But may, maybe someone else might. Maybe. Maybe. But that's all I crept upon. Well, that's okay. Because even though we, uh, we're like, oh, it'll be a nice short night. It's already long, longest wait, ever, wait, I think. Wait. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's getting pretty, it's going crazy. Yeah. Uh, got any news? Uh, I mean, the Oscars came out, and it's what you'd oh, expect. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yep. We'll, we'll we'll have plenty of time to talk about that Oscar. Sure. Hullabaloo. When it happens. When it happens, we got like a month. Uh, as far as news, we got those April 
Criterion announcements for the for twenty twenty. We mm-hmm. have uh, an Army of Shadows re-release on Blu-ray. That's, sure, that's huge, huge. Sure, we have Destry Rides Again, directed by oh. George Marshall. I mean, terrific! Hey, uh, another Western in the Criterion collection. Uh, I'm uh. I'm all for that. I love wow. Them. I love them. We have The Cremator, which uh, is actually uh, a pretty good little movie, RJ. It's kind of like uh, some Euro horror. In high school, didn't they call you The Cream-ator? And they even called me Jaraj Harris, which which is the name of the director of uh, Cremator. Oh, okay. RJ, are you aware of the film Me and You and Everyone We Know, directed by Miranda July? I've heard the name. Well, I've never seen it. Have, have, do you know of Miranda July? Nope. Okay. I feel like you might, you probably would hate Miranda July, and you might mm. hate this movie, I, I think. Probably. This, she is, uh, a lot of people like her. Um, I was never a fan. I, she was, mm-hmm. an, art, she was a, an artist making very, um, I don't know, sentimental, not sentimental, very sincere work. <laughs> That some sometimes in, in rubs, it rubs people wrong because or some people it rubs wrong because it doesn't feel sincere. They mm. they they question it. That's how could someone be so? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's been a while since I thought about mm. her and her work and this movie, which uh, actually star, uh, also stars Saul Star from Deadwood. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a long time. There there is a, a pretty famous uh, exchange about poop. In this, so maybe you would like it. How famous? Does it go back and forth forever? Yes, yes, it does. RJ, oh. about poop going into buttholes, and then back and forth forever. Back and forth forever. That's where this. That's where it's from. Huh. Okay, I've definitely heard about that from other <laughs> I, people. I, I, as I knew you would have. Huh. Well, it doesn't matter. I'm I'm going to be dead by then. You know that. Yeah. You'll have Frank Santoro in here as a new co-host. And finally, what, uh-huh. the, the Big Ride Boy. <laughs> well, tell me about the Big Ride Boy of the the new announcement. The, the Big Ride Boy of mm-hmm. this this month's announcements. The Grand Budapest Hotel, directed oh. by Wes Anderson, which I just had included on my best of the decade list. And uh, it's been a question of, when is this coming to the Criterion Collection? Because... When this movie got released in theater, now that's six. Mm-hmm. That's six years ago. It's usually faster for them, hey? Uh yeah. You, I mean, I think even Moonrise Kingdom it took three years. This took six, and uh, they still owe us Isle of Dogs too. Huh. Hmm. So yeah, big big gap. That is a big gap. Well, what are they doing? Do you think they just don't care anymore? Ah, uh, just. Time frame. Maybe they're trying to work with Big Wes. He's, mm. He doesn't have time for their shit. Well, what's he doing now? I don't know. Whatever his next movie is, I suppose. I. He doesn't even make movies. No. You want to talk about this movie? Yeah, I guess. After the break, Japanese porno. Hmm. I mean, it says it all, right? Hmm. 
This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about The Pornographers from 1966. Mm. Yes, RJ. Directed mm. by Shohai Imamaru. I'm butchering that, I'm sure. Sure. And the synopsis from Letterboxd. Subu makes pornographic films. He sees nothing wrong with it. 
They are an aid to a repressed society, and he uses the money to support his landlady, Haru, and her family. From time to time, Haru shares her bed with Subu, though she believes her dead husband, reincarnated as a carp, disapproves. Director Shohai Maru has always delighted in the kinky exploits of lowlifes, and in this 1966 classic, he finds subversive humor in the bizarre dynamics of Haru, her Oedipal son, and her daughter, the true object of her pornographer boyfriend's obsession. Imaru's comic treatment of such taboos as voyeurism and incest sparked controversy when the film was released, but the pornographers has outlasted its critics and now seems frankly ahead of its time. Uh, do you think he wrote that himself? No, I doubt it. I doubt it. Um, that's all to say, porn making ain't easy. Well, you said it. It's the struggle. You know, it's the constant struggle. Of porn? So this is a movie that I bought on DVD back in like 2003, 2004. Sometime after, because it sounded fascinating. (laughs) I don't know if you know this about me, RJ, but Mm -hmm. I've always been drawn to sleaze, to filth, to like debauchery, but like through a a lens. I don't want to be there getting my hands dirty myself. I want to watch it from afar. I find it curious because these depictions of this world are so far Mm. removed from my own. I, but I'm curious how it exists because I like, I couldn't fathom doing these things, but perhaps I like maybe secretly entertain these things. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to do anything about it, but I'll watch movies about these topics because uh, one of those like subgenres that I did definitely uh, seek out, uh, probably around that period of time and over the next mm-hmm. like five years it was like documentaries on the porn industry, uh, porn making. I find that stuff really fascinating. The actual product themselves, it's pornography. Like there's like, it has one purpose, not that interesting ultimately, but the, the world itself, the economy, the, the societal life of pornographers, uh, right up my alley. This is this is this is my stuff. This is like very mm. much, I, I, and I feel like it's yours as well. You know, as as longtime listeners would recognize, uh, this is like Bay Log Cinema. Mm. You know, you kind of remind me. There was this guy I knew once, and uh, whenever we would go out, like me, him, some other guys, he would always kind of say this thing because he was a uh, he was in a committed relationship, and he would start with that, and he'd say, "Hey, listen." I don't want to like do anything, but if you find yourself <laughs> in a place that you're doing something, oh, I just like to watch. Wow. Okay. So, and I mean, it was presented as a joke, but it was presented mm, was a, it a number of times. Oh yeah. 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 And yeah, so yeah, yeah. when you were just describing how you like to see things through a lens, my first gut reaction was like, that sounds exactly like this fine young man that I knew one time in my life and how he presented the offer the offer the offer with the implication the implication the criterion cox i believe is a a side podcast that's uh, i think actually last week there was mention of cox and we never brought it up or i forgot to that seems like so long ago i know that was the uh well it was lola and well, was, I mean, there was the actual cuckolding in it, but I think uh, either Vova or the one before, they actually said, like, they said the word. Oh. And I was like, ooh, I should screenshot C-c-c-c- that for that C-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-c-
but not in practice, in theory. Sure. In th- sure. I'm, a, I'm, a poor, I'm a pervert in theory. So I watched sure. this movie back then. Um, uh-huh. And I remember not being super, like, like thrilled by it. It just seemed like, oh, this isn't what I wanted. This wasn't like what I imagined from this like a 1966 Japanese movie called The Pornographers. Mm-hmm. I was thinking like this would be like the Seven Samurai of like films about pornography, but it, it wasn't. Okay. It wasn't that. And I hadn't seen like a ton of Japanese movies. I, I wasn't familiar mm-hmm. with like the pinku genre. Okay. Um, and now I'm a I'm a hardened pervert and i've oh. and i've seen all wow. walks of japanese cinema and so coming mm-hmm. back to this was quite interesting for the very first time in you know 15 years mm-hmm. and uh i i was i was more on the same wave now as what uh imaru was going for i've read a lot mm-hmm. more um even like Japanese manga that's kind of uh, depicts this type of world. Uh, it's like the whole, like, was it uh, Jikika, Jikiga, G-A, or G-E-K-I-G-A. Uh, it would be like, like it'd be, yeah, it'd be like something yeah. that's published out of uh, Garo uh, magazine. So like something okay. like Saichi Hayashi, Red Colored Elegy or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe even like some of Tezuka's, or some of Tezuka's more serious stuff. So I was like prepared. I, I knew what this was and watching, I was like, oh, I t- absolutely recognize this because mm-hmm. this so this is set in Osaka, and yeah, we're we're kind of following the the trials and tribulations of this this sad bastard who's just trying to make a living. Hmm. You know, he's picking up he's uh, performers at train stations, prostitutes, br- uh-huh. taking them out to the hills, and uh, we never actually see sex in this movie. Uh, no, there's the implication. What? Right. But we never actually, for a movie called The Pornographers, there's actually never like, there's really no nudity. There's no. There's almost a kiss. Right. See, that's fascinating, right? Isn't it? You got to admit. Well, I I was kind of, yeah, continue. So, yeah, we never even, we never get that shown. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's like the movie like plays like it is a black comedy. This movie's got some uh, pretty amazing lines of dialogue that I'm sure you were on and uh, screen capping. <laughs> sure. I mean, you you could find some of those on the Instagram. Okay, that's not totally true. I guess we get the orgy. We do get the orgy mm-hmm. scene, but it's sort of yeah, like it's, it's happening. It's pretty it's, modest. It's, it's, it's pretty modest. I've seen crazier. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, I think, had an even crazier orgy than this and, one. And a buffet, at least. You know, people yeah. get hungry at these things. Well, it might not be what you expected, but at least there's food. That's right. Right? So, yeah. So, this super uh-huh. guy, he's just like, you, you got to watch out for the cops. You got to watch out for, you know, the Yakuza who are like mm-hmm. looking for easy money. And they'll be like, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll pay you this much for it, even though you'll be at, working at a loss. But you got to keep making that stuff. Keep making that smut while you're... Uh, like your your almost stepdaughters like making moves on you, mm-hmm. and uh, your kind of girlfriend she's like dying or going crazy a little bit of both allegedly yeah while her like almost adult son's trying to like always get in between you and sleep with her pretty weird well it's a story as old as time Jer yeah uh, you have a daughter who like heard you uh, when she was a little girl going into her mom's bedroom and hurting her. And then she runs away and gets hit by a car. And then years later, you wind up laying in that bed and start licking those wounds while she sleeps. I mean, who, who can't relate to this? Hmm. I mean, I know you surely have had many situations that were 
similar to say the least so similar so this movie is uh-huh. i was about halfway through this movie and i was Jam. curious i'm like how long is this i never even thought to look and i checked and went holy shit this movie's two over two hours long and we're like we're talking about like what is this a star wars movie now <laughs> and uh so i was like uh-huh. oh. i'm like well damn but uh this movie moves at a pretty good clip I I, I did not feel like it was uh, bogging me down, even though, like, considering its title, its subject matter, the type of movie it is, you're thinking it's going to be a a real in-and-out job, if you know what I'm saying. A what? And uh, it wasn't. It was, uh, it's like this, like, real movie that's, like, Mm -hmm. setting up this, like, long play of uh, just how shitty things can get for this dude and like mm-hmm. the the depths that he sinks and like the situations that present themselves, guys ripping him off of his camera equipment, uh, things going missing. Oh, and then you get scenes, RJ, with uh, special young ladies uh, mm, doing what? Doing what? Well, they're they're cast. They're cast to do some uh, some material, also with their with their uh, family members. Family members. In one particular scene, yes, that Ooh. is indeed what happens. Yeah, that that's uh, that's some real greasy stuff right there. Uh, yeah, and tell me more about how you're a fan of greasy stuff, <laughs> as you mentioned earlier at the. Uh... Well, as uh, as we've as we've discussed, I mean, at length mm-hmm. over the years, I'm a fan of uh. the happiness of the Todd Solon's happiness, <clears throat> and, and the, yeah, you are less so. Sure, for reasons, correct? Yeah, well, for. Your old your own hangups that perhaps prevent you from being a f- uh, fully individualized, uh, completely person. genuine. Yeah, like you can, never, you can never be legitimate. real with yourself. I mean, because maybe of the I'm the only one who is real. Have you ever considered that? Uh, maybe I'm the only one keeping it a hundred percent emoji, right? Real. So, I think so. I would say that maybe like I think this movie is pretty good, but mm-hmm. for me. The last 10 minutes of The Pornographers is pure film magic. As, as uh, we get the, the introduction of, uh, we're calling him Subu in this, I think in the notes, Jay Hoberman calls him Ogadi, whatever. Mm-hmm. The man. He, he, he figures out, he's like, man, these women, they're nothing but trouble. It's like, there's, it's always something. My mm-hmm. life's miserable because of it. And he's like, well, why don't you just build one? <laughs> he's like, that's it. I'm going to build a Dutch wife. And then it's mm-hmm. like, and then it's kinda, it kind of turns into like the beginning of Lars and the Real Girl or whatever. And it's like, no, oh, he's going to build a real doll. And like, he's so happy. Mm-hmm. He's so like, he excitedly jumps out of his chair, arms up, face like the, the happiest he's been in this whole movie after like probably having sex with his like stepdaughter and like having everything taken away from him. His mm-hmm. wife's his wife, girlfriend's lost her mind. And now he's like, fuck it all. I'm going to, I'm just going to make my own wife. And then we get this like out of nowhere, five year jump in time. <laughs> he's living, mm-hmm. he's living on a boat just uh, offshore from the house. And uh, he's all, his hair's grown out. He's all bearded, but he has like, millionaires coming to like buy uh buy his models off of him buy his dolls so they can be sent off to antarctica this is like a technological innovation everybody's kicking down his door they they want the the secret recipe of these uh these mechanical women and uh, he's not selling he has no interest in this what does he need money for he's got his he's got his craft he's got his art 
He can finally it's something that he owns that no one mm -hmm. else can take away from him. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, one thing leads to another, and that that ship is sent to sail. But he's but he's happy. He's finally happy. Um, I mean that's one way to look at it. It's one way to look at it. So mm -hmm. I I I posit that the pornographers is a a great success. And uh, I just want to throw out there that uh, so this is based on a novel called The Pornographers with a, with a subtitle of An Introduction to Anthropology. What kind of anthropology? Social? The best kind. Hmm. Interesting. So, RJ, so you said that you posit that this is a good film. Yeah. Posit in what sense? <laughs> to that, who? To <laughs> To to all, to, okay, to, to sure. all to all good film watchers and goers, good film big boys, yeah, uh, that love it, that love taking that ride. <laughs> okay, big film boys. All right, let's go. I, I wonder too how much uh, maybe Hamaru uh, related to uh, the the plight of this this character. Because so apparently this, one would this, wonder this, from the essay uh, that the, that accompanies this Criterion uh, booklet mm -hmm. here, um, Jay Hoberman notes that in America it should be noted Imamaru's own films were treated as exotic softcore porn. A dubbed sure. recut version of the estimable Pigs and Battleships was originally released as The Dirty Girls and later as The Flesh Is Hot. What's it hot with? Oof. With passion. Is that I good? would I would wager, or maybe fever. I haven't seen it yet. I have the box set. Mm -hmm. I have this whole box set. One day we'll be getting to insect woman. Well, wait, what do you wait, 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 wait? What do you mean box set that we're gonna get to? Well, Imaru has got a box set, a trilogy are, of movies. Are those porn based also? No, no, they're more um, they're more in that uh, Gekaiga uh, stream, like just like kind of like dark underbellies of Japan. The Gaigan stream, did you say? Gekika. Because he's got a dark underbelly. Oh, does he? Well, it's a buzzsaw, isn't it? <laughs> RJ, what did you think of the pornographers? Well, Jer, it's, uh, it's come up a few times in the last couple weeks. But in my current life right now where I'm at, sometimes I've been involved in activities or things that have been going on. And I kind of just question to myself. What am I doing with with my life? Why are we here? What does it all mean? And I think that these are important questions to consider when watching the pornographers, Jer. Because in my mind, I was watching the show and I just kind of thought, what are we doing? Why are we here right now watching this movie? What is the point of this thing? Uh, I'll give you one thing before I go off here. Uh, <laughs> that that last 10 minutes is pretty funny. I did get a kick out of that because uh, it almost seemed like it's it's been brought up again or before, but it almost seemed like the end to of an Always Sunny episode where a character <laughs> just completely decides to, it's like, you know what, whatever. I'll make a bride and uh, I'll make my own. And it's like uh, people come with like hordes of money and they're like, we, we got to have it. And he's like, you don't get it. It's not about money. It's about the principle, Jer. Here's a million yen. A I, million. I, I don't care. Doesn't matter. Don't give a shit because uh, I just need to create. 
my art. And then uh, the detachment of the uh, the houseboat itself is something to behold. Mm-hmm. So uh, that last 10 minutes is pretty special. But uh, I'm not going to lie to you, Jerem. <laughs> I had a pretty difficult time watching this because I, not really? that the, the content I found upsetting or anything like that because it is pretty modest. I was just kind of the whole time watching it. I was like, what is the point of this? <laughs> Like, do you know what I mean? I was like, why, why does this exist? And it's kind of like what you said. You're like, well, is this like maybe this, this guy's personal account? And it's like, it could be, but I don't really, I don't really care to know it that, that intimately, you know, I don't really need to know that this guy's like in this strange, complicated family romance, you know? Because and like I read that letterbox synopsis too, where it's like ahead of its time, talking about taboo and things that other people would shy away from. And it's like I don't know if other people shy away from it. It's just like I don't. I didn't really think it was that interesting of a story, to be very honest with you, Jer. Like I, I really, in the first five minutes, I was like, ooh, this looks cool, because I thought it was going to be a behind the scenes making of. It's like the guys that make the porn. I was like, that's a neat. That's a thing that exists in this world. And then it turned more into like his per- the personal life. And I was like, that's fine too. Uh, but I didn't think it was as interesting, you know, because I, I kind of sided with you. I was like, I kind of wanted it to be just a be- no. behind the scenes about people who make porn, which is like a movie that I recommended for you to watch this week, which I believe is the American remake of this movie. But mm. uh, I think you you declined pretty wholeheartedly. And what film was that again, RJ? It's a uh, smash hit from uh, Criterion Collection alumni director Kevin Smith. Uh, Zach and Miri make a porno. Right. And why did you not watch that film, Jeremy? Because I'd seen it before. Oh, I thought because, you had not. Oh, no. See, you made the wrong conclusion. Like I said, I've watched a lot of these types of movies, movies that are sure. about the, even like fictional accounts of people trying to make pornography. And I thought perhaps maybe Kevin Smith would be able to like redeem himself. Cause I've heard positive things about that movie. And then I watched and I went, no, this is a big old disappointment too. I like the time or I like in the movie when the drunk guy comes in and he goes, hug it, chuck it football. <laughs> it's a good thing. Me and Andrea say that to each other. Like I'm not even kidding. Maybe once every couple weeks. That explains a lot. Yep. So, anyways, it's no. Boog- uh, I mean, neither film are boogie nights. Pornographers or no, Zach and Mary. I mean, boogie nights. No. I mean, it's, it's it's like the it's it's one of the big statements of all of pornography. I mean, it is, and I could go on a pedestal, a soapbox, and say that there would be no boogie nights without pornographers. But I feel like only an asshole would say something like that. You know what I mean? So here's the thing. I don't think there's anything bad about like necessarily bad about this movie. There's nothing that I'm like, Oh, I really don't like that. It's just, I don't really find it very interesting at all. I think, I mean, there's, there's a bit of uh, playfulness with the carp. And I did like one scene where it was like, I think she's like dying and we, you we, get like the heaven carp angle yeah. where it's like over top of her. I was like, that's right. cool. Yes. But, uh, this movie's got some pretty fancy camera work going yeah, on. It, it does. Like some of the scenes are shot really like really nicely i like the carp scene i like the scene where it's all the dudes watching porn i was like oh yeah, yeah. well and I even want more of that and even the we have this like meta narrative of 
these same men who are watching it, and you're getting their reaction to this, which is always like, uh, at one point, I think I was like in high school still, and maybe it was like that post-99, what a magical year of film, maybe 2000. But I started like having this like thought, like maybe like movies that have like scenes where people are watching movies are always really good. I don't know about always. No, but I like... that, that is not the case now. I've seen yeah. Cinema Paradise. <laughs> what happens in that movie? Oh, the people that the movie that everybody loves, but all not not all crusty Jarrett. Yeah. Uh, oh, Parasite. Paradiso or whatever it is. Oh, I thought you said Cinema Parasite. Oh, that Parasite. I don't. know. What's happening anymore? Pornographers. But, yeah, it's. It is not a movie that I enjoy. Is my review, <laughs> but not 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 out of any like it's like I said. There's nothing really bad about it. It's got some really nice scenes. It's just I find the story itself. It's like I don't really care about this. I see, I Was thought, this? I thought this movie scandalous? might have uh, turned you around on like the, the, the how funny it is at times. Like so the uh, dialogue. It is at, it is at times because like, 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 everyone's just so like pathetic and uh, like they're they're the little things they're going for in this movie. There's some stuff like that. Like the thing I put on Instagram today where he's just like, I really thought an orgy would cheer me up. Right. But it didn't. Like there's things like that that I thought were. Uh, that's, a, that's a total RJ uh, line. That's something you, yeah. that you say all the time to me. Yeah, I, I do. Um, I don't know. I felt like I think you could say this about a lot of movies, but I felt like in the hands of like, say, Wes Anderson mm. or, you know, like I was like, I think he would handle this a lot better. Because I, I just thought of Tenenbaums when I was watching this a little bit, you know? Oh, that scene where Royal and Margot. You... <laughs> well, oh, I guess you know it, I guess it, I should be Danny Glover. But... Sure, Danny Glover. Uh, or, you know, maybe Woody Allen. Yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of... Uh... No, not quite. Not quite. Well, anyways, I uh, there there were things that I thought were funny, and I, I will give you the last ten minutes. Ooh. The last ten minutes was pretty good. It's just a, it's like I said, no no mark on the movie itself. It was just I just didn't wasn't very interested in the story. I was kind of oh, like I don't really bad. care. Yeah, it's it is what it is. You know, I'm not mad at it. I don't think it's a bad movie. You, you, didn't, just, you didn't punch the screen. No, it's not like watching like there's been movies that we've watched where I've I've been actively mad at the movie like my man godfrey you know <laughs> which, is there, bizarre, mo- which is also bizarre there's movies like that that like i actively dislike and i'm just indifferent to this it's there was things that i got out of it but the whole time or on the whole i was just like i don't really care that much you want to hear um since i mean you don't really have anything particular to say about the movie one way or another not really um yeah. i want to hear some plot keywords from imdb <laughs> I would love to hit me. Female barber. Okay. She, I mean, the daughter definitely goes on to do that. Sure. Cuckolded wife. Yeah. That's yeah. huge. Stepfather, stepdaughter incest. Okay. Sex with stepdaughter. Uh, okay. Stepdaughter seduces stepfather. These are plot keywords. Okay. Uh, this is followed by carp. Nice. Economic boom. Okay. So, so that's in reference because to of the fact. Porn? Well, no, no, it's because. Uh, so this is like weirdly enough uh, another film that depicts a uh, post-war economic miracle 
era. So this is during the Japanese post-war economic miracle. Last week, we were watching movies with Fastbinder depicting the post-war economic miracle of Germany, both Axis mm. uh, countries. Uh, continuing on from economic boom, freeze frame. When does it freeze frame? Well, oh, no, it does, it, doesn't it? It sure does. Yeah, okay. We have yeah, okay. flashback. Uh, well, we get the flashbacks to when he, when his when his stepdaughter was young and when she gets uh, hit mm-hmm. by the car, and uh, then we have now we also have long take. <laughs> Where is there a long take in this thing? Actually, I don't even know. I can't remember one uh, okay. specifically. Group sex. The accurate blackmail. Uh, is there guilt? Yeah, sure. Film within a film? Yeah. Houseboat? Yeah. Inventor? Uh Uh-huh. Dysfunctional family? Yeah, definitely. Funeral? Uh, yeah. Brother-sister relationship? Mother-son relationship? Mother-daughter relationship? Topless female nudity? (laughs) Uh, is it, well, oh, because of the insane lady? Yeah, I guess. Oh, that's a bummer. Okay. <laughs> Common law marriage, mental mm-hmm. breakdown, euphem- yeah. euphemism. Oh. Oh. Ab- abortion. Okay. Abortion. <laughs> uh, that was meant. That was brought up. It was impotence, yeah. juvenile yeah, sure. delinquent, eavesdropping, sex with stepfather, mm-hmm. incest. Well, I mean, finally. I get, well, I, yeah. Mental retardation. What? Hold up. Where was it? When was that an issue? Well, it's a keyword, and it does pop up in the movie. When? The one girl who who has to be calmed down with the lollipops. Oh, right. <laughs> okay, I know what you mean. Yeah, that, that sequence. Ooh, boy. Ooh, oh, boy. with the uh, the father. Uh... Yeah, wearing the mask. And they, they keep having to make the scenes more and more simple. To, they just go down to a, a good old home invasion. And it's like, well, well, she's good. And they say she's good at one thing. Yeah, and tell me again, why? How? What, what did you say when you started about this movie? That bet, good for all or something in, to that sense? And uh, mm-hmm. heading toward the bottom, oh, we, a sex doll. There we go. There's a, there's several others. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, it's a good one. Uh yeah. Want to find out who hates there's... this movie? <laughs> uh yeah. I mean, sure. I would. I'd love to hear because I mean, I yeah. Tell me about who hates this movie, Jar. Grace. Grace okay. does. But you know what? These are the lowest ratings, and they're two stars. Um, yeah, so I this... would have figured there'd been more hate. To be honest, I guess no one watches this movie, even though it's got such a great title. Mm. I mean, you can't there argue. You I mean, if A twenty four put out a movie called The Pornographers, we'd all be lining up. Well, I mean, if it was starring like Ben Foster and uh, Ben Forrester, his brother, mm-hmm. the Big Bens. The Big Bends. Big yeah. Ben boys. The Big Ben boys. Yeah, surely. Surely. So Grace says, there's a lot of time this felt like it was treading water, but every 15 minutes or so, there'd be a shot or sequence that was absolutely sublime. 
I don't know about sublime in that sense. Sublime. Sublime. Not a ton of five-star films. A lot of stuff uh, that we're going to be watching okay. in the coming weeks. The Silence, Through a Glass Darkly, those types of things. Five stars to The Hidden, which is uh, pretty wild. That movie is pretty good. Like, you know, The Alien Hidden? Mm-hmm. It's a good show, but I don't know if it's five stars. A half a star to El Topo. And then when we, when we go to one-star films, things like Three Billboards, Close Encounters, Hey Gazuza, and The Favorite. Oh, you know, how, the one thing we totally forgot about because I skipped over was because I didn't even think about it was virginity was mentioned as a keyword. I went, oh yeah, there's that whole thing with the uh, the one customer to replace who, the who really wants a a virgin finally because he's always like I'm always coming in second place. I really want a virgin finally. So he goes down to the local brothel, the whoremonger, mm-hmm. and uh, he sets her up with a woman who's just had a baby, and uh, he's like, give oh, me can give, fix that. give me a few weeks. And you're like, I don't know what that means. Well, Jared, if you don't, if you don't understand, I can't. You're not ready for me and, to explain. And of course, it to you. Uh, you get this amazing scene where he's uh, hand delivering this girl wearing a schoolgirl outfit, asking, "How's the baby?" And then he sends her off into her uh, her uh, meeting with the the man in question. What do you think happens from there? This the sex. The sex happens. The sex? Yeah. Next up, we have Connor Bateman with two stars. Despite some interesting visual absurdity and dark humor, frame within frames especially, it's such a plodding film, almost actively uninteresting throughout. It moves through mostly simplistic and obvious plot points with a frustratingly languid pace. I don't know about, like, obvious plot points, but, you know, you know, Jared. So Connor Bateman is a man after my own heart. Listen to some five-star films, Jarrett. Punch Drunk Love, The Truman Show, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That's right. That's right, Jarrett. Uh, there's a few others in here, movies that you'd probably like. But why don't we go over to those uh, oh, no half-star films? Dang. Damn. There's only six one-star films. One of them is Next with Nicolas Cage. Which I actually thought was an okay show. All these other things, I have no idea what those are. One and a half stars. Uh, uh, what is that? What was that movie we just watched? Rise of Skywalker. Wildlife with Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't know if that's a one and a half star film, Jer. I don't know. Bad Boys 2. Prisoners. Hot Shots Part, Hot Shots part Duh. Get out of here. That's not a one and a half star film. Finally, Luke 87, two and a half stars. The pornographers tackle sex, forbidden desire, and to a lesser degree, religious superstition in a post-war Japan. It's a bizarre and abstract film that follows the low-life protagonist, Mr. Otaga. I've I've, I've read Ogata. I've read Otaga. I've read Subu. I've read them all. No one knows this guy's name. As he makes do-it-yourself porn films, has dealings in prostitution, has consistent financial troubles, and dysfunctional incestuous relationships. There were some funny scenes and some really inventive shots throughout the film. I found the film's tone to be a little all over the place, though, and the runtime could have been trimmed. There were some very uncomfortable scenes, too. That's kind of the point, though, right? Well, people uh, who really like the movie, like they love to throw out those taboos. 
Mm. You're talking about taboos. Taboo. Taboo, like Luke 87. Do you think there's a Luke 88? Uh, is there an 86? These are the big questions. We don't get paid that kind of money. Uh, Luke gave five stars to Hereditary. Mm-hmm. Five stars to Prisoners. But, you know, things like Florida Project, Wicker Man, Ex Machina, also five stars. Very good. Um, there is a little strange. Only two half-star films. One is The Circle with Tom Hanks, and one is the Captain Underpants movie, which I feel like probably isn't fair. That's a kid's movie. All the one-star ratings are like horror things, like Pet Cemetery, the new one, which is a bad show. Wicker Man, Nick Cage, Freddy vs. Jason, Quiet Place. Actually, I, I'm on board with most of these, to be honest. And then just things like the Star Wars movies? Vegas Vacation? Nah, that's not one star. It's a high-quality movie. What do you think about Vegas Vacation, Jer? I don't think about it at all. That's too bad for you. I think about it daily. Semi-daily. One of the... Uh, well, this might be a quote from the movie from a who loves this movie perspective. It's a quote from the film. Mm-hmm. We all want to leave the human race. We want to be free. Only society's taboos prevent us. That's uh, for who loves? Oh, oh, I see. Okay, before I get to Danny, I was I was just keep struggling uh, through Luke 87s. <laughs> he listened to some two-star films, Jarrett. Dead Ringers, Phenomena, Along Came like, Polly. Like, like Argento the Phenomena? phenomena. Yeah. Dead Ringers, Phenomena, She Killed in Ecstasy, Serpent in the Rainbow, Maniac mm. Cop, A Dark Song, Oof. Wiener Dog, Oof. Borat, oh. Labyrinth. My Come wife. on. My <laughs> what? Okay, so wait, let's go to Danny. Do you think this is Danny like Game of Thrones Danny? One of their favorite films is Passion of the Joan of Arc. That's cool. Yeah. So what else do they like? Tokyo Twilight, Barry Lyndon, The Look of Silence, Troll 2, five they, they stars. They just watched I feel the like Obscure Object of, of Desire. Oh. The, the, yeah. movie, the movie with two actresses. Oh, do you think they noticed? Someone uh, commented about it on uh, SoundCloud, actually. That they didn't notice also? That, or that, that, I'm that, that they thought it was very funny that you did not know. How could you know? How? How could you know? How indeed. Okay, wait. Last up, Danny gave Mandy five stars, but here's some half-star films. Uh, the Scorpion King? That's not fair. That movie's good. It's a good show. Uh, the rest of these are boring. Okay. Whatever. But how, how, could, how could you know? Come on. Got any more thoughts on this pornographer? No, it's like I said, I feel like it's fine. It's just not my jam, baby. You know? And I think it's wonderful. But maybe yeah. uh, maybe it's a builder. Maybe you got to come back to it uh, after a, for a second visit, maybe like 15 years from now, and you'll be like, yeah, I'm a hardened creep now. I can take this. I want more of it right in my veins. It's possible. You'll have to, you'll have to tell me if that's true or not, but we'll no. see. No, I'm telling you, it is true. Oh. Okay. After the break, the boathouse ropes break, and we just keep on floating out onto that sea, watching some pornography with oh, our gosh. with our real dolls. I wish that's how we went out. 
We could. Do you have a favorite porn genre? What's your go-to? Uh, I like fully dressed hand-holding. Consensual. Mm-hmm. That's it. Do you like that uh, Christian mingle stuff, huh? No, that's even a little bit too more too oh, hardcore for a little, me. A little too saucy. Well, too hardcore, if you know what I mean. Well, you can email us at criterioncreeps at gmail.com and tell us how you get off. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's mm-hmm. Barn Loaf. Mm-hmm. We're on YouTube. We've got a Patreon. We're going to open up a Big Boy Ride category very soon. We're <laughs> on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, all those good things in life. Next week, RJ, Spine uh-huh. 208. Yeah. A film trilogy by that Ingmar Bergman fellow begins. Oh, he's pretty good, I guess. So next week, we're going to do the first half of the box set. So that's going to okay. be Through a Glass Darkly from 1961 and Winter Light from 1962. The following week, we'll wrap yeah. up with The Silence from 1963 and the Will Gott documentary. You remember him, director of I Am Curious. Sure I do. Ingmar Bergman makes a movie from 1962. Uh, so it's a double header after saying no more double headers, but it's got to be done. It's got to be done because nobody whatever. wants to listen to an episode that's just about Ingmar Bergman makes a movie. Yeah, nobody wants that. Nobody oh, wants that. Whatever. I can bring it on, I guess. I've seen both. I've seen all. I've seen the three films before. I, I, I'm, I'm comfortable. Comfortable how? In my own body. And sexually. Debatable. Ugh. Ugh. I know myself as an individual. How about you, RJ? I know myself. I really know more of any of it. Is my point. No more. Until next week. Goodbye. Porno. Orgy.